0: what's up everybody steven here the horror freak 85 here with miss boomstick as always and tonight's special guest we got susan slaughter actress and paranormal investigator how are you i'm doing good how are you steven great had a good week how about yourself busy very very busy
1: week but uh today i mean things i get a day off tomorrow so that's good
0: ah yes i I see uh you got your ouija board behind you
1: (laughs) Oh, yeah, I have a, a little... I set or a spirit up a little board photo or whatever here. you want to call it. Do you call it a Ouija board or spirit board or what's your term for it? I mean, either or. This one in particular is a Ouija board, So, um, but different versions of it can be called spirit boards for
0: sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've heard both. I was just wondering what the difference was. I might as well ask you that since I saw it in the background.
1: <laughs> this is the name brand Ouija, so this is
0: definitely the Ouija board. Okay, nice. Uh, Let's see if anyone was in here. let us I'll bring up the comments. It looks like four people are coming in. So anybody who has any questions at any time um, or comments, I'll post them up for Susan. Um, But yeah, let's go ahead and start out. uh, What's the beginning of Susan? Uh, Where are you from? uh, Where did you grow up? And what kind of stuff were you into? Uh,
1: Well, I'm from Miami, Florida. I grew up here, um, but then I left in my very, very wee 20s over to um California but now I'm back in Miami again ah uh, yes good old Florida <laughs> I
0: so know.
2: I'm the odd man out this time
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah both of us are in Florida yay
2: <laughs> you're outnumbered where are he- you at boom? Wisconsin oh <laughs>
1: keeping keeping warm
2: <laughs> it's actually, it actually was nice today. It was like 40, so it's a heat wave right now. <laughs> oh, it's
1: actually about, it's like 40 degrees in Florida almost. Oh, really? We're getting like a bit of a mm. cold front. Mm. Yeah, what's happening in the U.S. these days, right? Like California is flooded out. My friends in L.A. are posting like trash cans or like sliding off the side of the road and like floodwaters and things like that. It's nuts out there. So yeah, happy to be in Miami for that, you know enjoying a little bit of a cold front which is such a rarity it's nice to like kind of wear like sweaters and go outside in the sun you know in the state and not get uh, like harassed by giant mosquitoes
0: (laughs) yes but florida weather sure is bipolar though you never know what we're gonna get here (laughs) rain sun cold can't make up its mind
1: but um, just to finish answering that question, Steven, you're saying uh, we were talking about a little bit earlier uh, in the week about things I used to do in Florida, you know, like I was mm-hmm. saying that I used to love going to the horror cons in Orlando. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, like I was always a horror fan and like I used to, you know, when I was a kid, mm-hmm. when um, the horror fest movies would come out, they would play at the AMC theaters and I would go buy one ticket and like sit in all the movies for the price of one so i don't know if you've ever done like the horror fest like the 13 films to die for but it was a lot of these like indie horror movies would play in like amc theaters and you can buy tickets to see like each one and it's all like
2: uh-oh she. <laughs>
0: yeah. uh, welcome to the live show
2: folks <laughs> This Ouija board technical difficulties. That, yep, the spirits
0: have intervened. <laughs> they don't want her to. They don't want her to talk.
1: <laughs> Yay! Just, hello. Sorry, I was like, oh. I don't try to sign language, you guys. And I well, was, I was like,
0: trying to tell you to sign up. I was gonna message you to sign like, off, like, and then I'm when you sign off, and, and then when you did that, start. I was like, that's <laughs> what I was like. Yes, you got it. That's what I was thinking. <laughs>
1: Okay, so I don't know what happened. I'm like here closer to my modems and I
0: just, I don't know
2: what's going on. Ouija board,
0: there you go.
2: We all agree with that statement.
0: (laughs) Uh, They don't want you
1: talking. They always want me talking. What are you talking about? This thing especially. It's the opposite night, apparently. I don't know. No, it's Mercury retrograde. Let's just be real. Okay. That's what happens. Technical difficulties on the retrograde seasons, right? Ah, okay, yeah.
0: (laughs) But, um... So you saw the movies, and that's when you had froze up. But yeah, the 13 movies, you were saying.
1: Yeah, you never heard of, like, horror (laughs) fest films? Like, (laughs) oh, man. So that was something I looked forward to every year. That and, like, doing the cons in Orlando. And Mm -hmm. I definitely grew up loving the horror genre. And doing all things uh related to it you know
0: yeah. as we were saying spooky empire was awesome and i i could totally forgot that we had crossed paths but we both had that deja vu like yeah we have met at spooky empire so yeah so it's kind of, so it's In kind of moment, interesting how right cross yeah how we cross paths again i guess everything
2: happens for a reason so yeah. most definitely when did you start getting interested into the paranormal stuff
1: um i mean i started Invest well, I had personal experiences growing up. I think like most people that get into the paranormal and um, I ended up um, Kind of going down the path of like trying to see if I can like capture the phenomena on my own, you know And then finally I came across just by chance um, In my neighborhood where I grew up well when a neighborhood I moved into when I was like in my teens actually when I saw this like Jeep roll into my hood And it was all wrapped and it said League of Paranormal Investigators on it and had a website. And I was like, oh, my God, like I wasn't like it wasn't I wasn't even aware that we had a paranormal team in Florida or in Miami, you know. So when I saw them come into my neighborhood, I was like, first of all, I've been having a lot of paranormal experiences, like even since before that neighborhood, but also in that house that I moved into, too. So I thought it was funny. Um. And so uh, I was like, OK, I'm going to reach out to them and make sure that, you know, I i mean, so I'm like looking over here. I was
0: like, CJ,
1: CJ's <laughs> is from Miami, too. He's a homie. Oh,
0: oh nice. OK. <laughs> well, welcome. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, man, he knows he knows the, the good old days. So, yeah, there is a neighborhood called uh, Cutler K off of Old Cutler Road. This is the neighborhood I was uh, talking about where this Jeep came into. And um, I had a, I had some pretty profound experiences there too. And these are all brand new houses. It's not like they're old creaky houses, right? You know, this is like, I remember it being built, you know, we had to, we picked the flooring and the blinds and everything that was gonna go into this house, you know? And so we saw it get built from the ground up and then um, seeing that there's other people in this neighborhood experiencing paranormal phenomena and that a Jeep was coming in to investigate, you know? a house i reached out to them i told them i was interested if if they needed any help in any capacity you know um i'd love to join the team or just help them go through evidence or help them set up or do anything i don't know raise money what do you need me for that's pretty much what mm-hmm. i said and they um finally like you know they let me on in on their team and that was the beginning of me professionally investigating uh paranormal occurrences and that was when i was 18 so and then so that was that's when i joined a team and in florida um and then yeah the rest is history i've been investigating it ever since doing research and all that
0: nice so um, sorry go ahead i was gonna say like before you saw the van pulling in and all you said you had your own experiences prior and then you were even more interested because of that or saw shows or
1: right so like some of my earliest and like experience like memories that I even have, like as a child were some paranormal experiences. So I was, um, when I was younger, like around five, I was visited by like balls of light in my room, like these giant balls of orb lights, you know, I would see them at first, like outside my window, they would come through my window into my room. I would get awakened in the middle of the night by these lights that were just like hovering over my face pretty much.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um sometimes I would see these uh tall shadow forms or figures like in my room. Sometimes they would be humanoid, sometimes they'd just be giant mists, you know? Um and that was a pretty regular occurrence. Like the lights or the shadows were happening almost every night. Um and so my mom, you know, when I brought it to her attention, I I think maybe so I wouldn't like constantly sleep in her bed every night she was saying like oh don't worry about that That, those are your guardian angels and they're there to protect you so she kind of instilled the idea that they're not these harmful things Mm -hmm. um and so I never really was uh brought up with the fear of the supernatural right so I just kind of and then my my dad you know gave me my first tool which was a little k2 meter and he was like next time you have any type of you know, occurrence, like you see a shadow person or a ball of light comes at you in your room, like you have this device here. If you turn it on, you could read like, you know, radio frequency and electromagnetic frequency on it and see if like, if it's just you, or if this is something that's being registered in the environment. So then I was like, oh, I could gauge this energy with this tool. And so that's kind of, I guess, what brought me down the path of investigating it. So anytime I had... But, you know, that never really works, you know, like when you think about like, oh, like I usually got a lot like sidetracked when I saw the lights or the shadows, because, you know, whenever you see it, you're like, oh, shit, it's there. By the time you remember, you have something on your nightstand that can gauge its energy like that. Right. That doesn't like come second nature. Where you're like, oh, maybe I should grab that and like gauge the energy in the room right now. It was always like too late. I started taking pictures of them, you know, that was like kind of the next thing, too. It's like not only like having the K2 meter, but also keeping a camera and taking shots, you know. Um, and so that was the first time I got like what I thought were orbs, you know, like those little specks on the the film and things like that. But it was like back in the day when you had those like old Kodaks, we had to like, z- 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 z, you know, turn on press wait for the flash to charge and then take the picture. Like that was the type of camera I had. And so I'd have to wait for them to get developed, you know, by the time just to see if I captured anything. And and at the time I would like psych myself out because I would see these little like orbs, you know, or like these, what I now believe to be potentially like, dust particles and things like that you know but when they were developed i was like holy shit there's a thousand orbs in my room and i would just get so psyched on it you know um but now you know my gear is a lot different uh, i have a lot more experience so i'm a little bit more discerning when it comes to pho- photographic evidence you know
0: but yeah that's the same like and i was
1: like look at all these orbs i'm haunted af you know what
0: i mean like this
1: is nuts um,
0: That's the thing. How, how do you determine, like, um, from your perspective, whether it's a, um, I started to say, logistic, uh, an actual orb, or if, to determine if it's real or not?
1: Well, I mean, now I would never use flash photography to capture light anomalies. It's just never gonna be a thing. Like, uh, because every time you use flash, what you're doing is every dust particle, moisture particles, things like that, reflect the light back at the lens and they come off looking like bright light, like spots of light. But um, you can like literally go outside. The thing is that like a real light anomaly most time wouldn't be seen legitimate.
0: There we go. That's the word I was thinking of a legitimate orb. Okay. Yeah.
1: or you could just say like spirit <laughs> orbs or whatever. Okay. Um, uh, but like now there's just, we know that there's a lot of naturally light, like light phenomenas, you know what I mean? Like swamp lights or, you know, are really swamp gas caused by like phosphorescent, like gases that come out of decayed matter, you know, and it could rise up and it's like, I've seen this stuff with my own eyes, you know what I mean? Where like, you know, I'm walking through a marsh and then I step on something and then all of a sudden you get like a poof of like phosphorescent, stinky gas. And it's like right there. And it's like, it's not super bright, but in in pitch black conditions, it's pretty, you know, you could see it with the the naked eye. Um, And, you know, also, I mean, I've just seen bioluminescence in nature so much now, Um, I know a lot about piezoelectrical like currents and things like that. Like the anomalies that happen when the tectonic plates slide against each other. They'll release like, you know, these kind of like glowing lights, you know, from the ground. So, I mean, there's like, so now everything I can like explain away, but it doesn't mean I don't believe, you know, that there are spirit and elemental and non-human, you know, energies out there. Cause i've experienced them it's just it's not as easily captured and it's not as occurrent as people believe it to be you know it's super rare
0: uh-huh. yeah um I said I didn't get too into it when we talked, but I have had like my encounters too and everything. Um, it's interesting that you mentioned like how you saw flashing lights or orbs, bright lights in your room. Uh, because there was one time I, I'll never forget when I was younger. Like sometimes I might be a little scared of it. Well, not anymore, I love the dark. But like when I was younger, I was like kind of scared and maybe like seeing something in my room that was actually like just a toy or item or something in my room. But in my head, I'm thinking I'm seeing something scary. And in the corner of my room, I was laying flat on my back in the corner of the room, I could see this little tiny light, but it started getting bigger and bigger and brighter. And it started flashing all around my room, almost like searchlights, And it was like showing me everything that I thought I saw, what it really was. And I went to sit up real fast. And like, it was like almost even with my body, like the second I jerked up, boom, gone. <laughs> it, it was the weird thing. And that's what my mom says. Like, well, maybe it was a guardian angel, but
1: yeah, well, they think light beings are guardian angels. And then when you say that you see a shadow figure, everyone gets all
0: scared. Right. And then Um, at my grandmother's house, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. No, no,
1: no. Continue.
0: Um, I saw it was like a gray man and sort of see his face. Not really, but he was in a suit and he was standing next to my grandmother's painting. And he looked at it like almost admiring and just looked at me and then after a bit, like he just like disappeared. I was like, and I thought maybe I was dreaming. And I was kind of like, that's a weird dream. Why would I dream of some man, you know looking at my grandmother's painting? But my aunt, she was saying something she thought she saw like a man walking before too. So I'm like, okay, I didn't even tell her. I mean, like, you know, she described him and I'm like, yeah, that's what I saw. So I you didn't. saw
1: an actual ghost.
0: So yeah. <laughs> But I mean, I I believe it, like I said, and then the haunted house in Florida where the guy was murdered in the driveway, it was on Unsolved Mysteries. Um, So yeah, I mean, I've had some interesting stuff happen. And uh, I even had a dream one time uh, when I was younger, my mom was at Walmart and there was some kid, I described the kid, I don't know what he was wearing now, but let's just say striped shirt, You know, I described him exactly. And she walked up to him and goes, did you lose your mommy or daddy? And like, he was like kind of shy to talk to her. And then after a minute, or, or, well, she goes, go talk to that woman up there or come with me and we'll find your mom or dad. And then a guy came up, said, oh, that's my son. And the kid ran up to him, gave him a hug. And um, it like ended and I was confused. I'm like, that is the weirdest dream ever. A week later, I was heading up to Taekwondo. I was, I don't know how old, if I was 10. i like, I was young too, when I had this dream. And she goes, oh, you won't believe what happened to me when I went to Walmart. Uh, there was this kid, and I went up to him. I go, did you lose your mommy or dad? And everything that I said happened, <laughs> like almost like I was watching it as a viewer ahead of time. It was so weird. that's
1: more like a psychic perceptive, you know, mm-hmm. situation, and not. I mean, which I don't really consider those things to be supernatural. You know, like we only use about ten percent of our brain. Imagine the things we'd be capable of seeing. accomplishing Mm -hmm. and you know communicating and all of the things we could do if we use larger portions of our brain but sometimes we get to access those things in certain you know deep sleep states right so Mm -hmm. um you're able to some people can have like these clairvoyance moments where you know they have psychic interpretations of the future or they can leave their body you know and Mm -hmm. have like these transcendental out-of-body experiences and things of that nature. Um, a lot of the time it's like scientists have always thought like, what is, why do we need to sleep? You know, like, why is sleep a thing? Why is everything have to have this moment of suspension, you know, and you know, a person cannot live without sleeping. And so is that the moment where we get, you know, we access this great beyond or this great store of knowledge And if we know how to access parts of our brain during this, like, you know, deep sleep, it's more like really an upload or some sort of, um, connectivity to like an ether that is connected to like one consciousness. Right. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people think that they could travel, um, via this consciousness throughout, you know, the universe. Um, And that's probably the real reason for sleep, you know, is like a moment to like have this like tether of connectivity to the rest of the universe. Um, So maybe that's like where you can access, like maybe you're clairvoyant dreamer of some sort.
0: And then one time also, it hasn't happened a lot. And then I don't think it's happened since Um, there was even another time where I swear, I heard my dad's thoughts echoing in my head when I was again, Taekwondo did that. I was like, doing some pushups and I was kind of getting exhausted. Someone got in trouble and we all had to like, you know, do a bunch of push-ups, which uh, like because of him. And my dad just had that look as uh, there was like, he used to joke around and call me boy, like Tarzan. He's like, boy. And he had that look. And in my head, I heard it echoing really loud. Like it almost like what he was thinking. I was like, what? I, like I could almost barely take it. It was so loud. And and I had asked him, I was like, what were you thinking? And he goes, I don't know, maybe. So that was another rare weird experience that i had reading people's
1: minds maybe
0: it never happened again what am i thinking right now steven (laughs) (laughs) you're thinking that i'm crazy no i'm just kidding you're like i don't think so (laughs) you're no you're thinking thank you for inviting me you tell great stories (laughs) uh go ahead boom since i've been rambling on but
2: uh but i was just one quick thing we have this house is like a hundred some odd years old but i've had experiences before that but anyway I just got to talk about this one because this is so comical. I have to bring it up to somebody that knows a little bit about paranormal stuff. Well, uh, I was getting ready. It's like random here. It's like you don't see stuff all the time. It's just sporadic and random. Well, um, anyway, I was getting ready to take my dog out, and we have to go through the kitchen. And then there's a door that leads to the basement, and there's like five steps, a landing, back door, and then more steps to the basement. I open up the door. And at the very bottom landing in the basement, there's just this gray shadow figure just standing there. And the lights on in the basement. I could just see him. And all of a sudden they do, I swear to God, it looks like straight out of a cartoon. They like lift one leg up, the arms go back, and they just like disappear like they took off running in the and like, what's no. funny is my dog saw it too. Cause yeah. she took off down in the basement and started running around trying to find something this is have you ever seen something so like do almost like a looney tune pose it just like lifted one leg up and his arms went and it just like poof like it dashed off
1: i mean i've seen some goofy haunts though i'm not i'll be real like i i but it's just like any other person right like we have our goofy moments like imagine getting caught red-handed doing something and you just have like an awkward like oh shit moment right (laughs) Right. like that's kind of like i think the same thing which, what does that tell me, you know, like from that experience, right? So you always, like I always think the breakdown of it, like it reacted to you. So what is it? It's obviously something that was aware of your presence, you know, it's not you know, we sort of type of um, residual haunt, like, you know, residual haunts, they wouldn't act any differently if you were around, you know, because they are unaware of your energy, of your existence. But this is a thing that... The second it realized that it was like being observed by you, like had a reaction to it. So it's obviously sentience, obviously understands like something else can see it, you know, and and that it could see you, you know. And so it had this immediate reaction. And so that tells me it's some form of intelligent energy, you know, something which then, you know, a lot of the time it's like, is that a ghost energy. Like a lot of the times I find that actual ghosts don't really have an idea that they're sharing the space with like the living, right? Um uh, so I always say if something is aware of your presence, either it's non-human in nature or it's some sort of astral traveler, you know. Um an astral traveler can be another human being that's still alive today, but is having like an external like you know It's untethered from itself, you know, Um, I also believe that, I mean, not that that was a, you know, doppelgangers are pretty like solid beings, but like you can have like kind of energetic schisms that have a a little bit of like um, a sentience to it and understanding, like, um, I guess what I'm trying to say is that if it's from a living person can still have a reaction, a living reaction in our dimension. Um, even if this person is not attached to its spirit, like because people can have like schisms from like energetic schisms, like so I could still be here, but I could have had a traumatic experience in your basement and an aspect of my consciousness got stuck there and I didn't have to die to haunt your basement. You know what I mean? I could still be alive somewhere else in the world in another house, in another state, in another country and still be haunting your basement, you know, because something severe happened to me there. Um, it could also be an aspect of yourself, your consciousness, you know, like um, that's the reason why poltergeist activity exists, because it it's, it's something that um, exists within our dimensional space and can interact with dimension, like, you know, physical objects within our space as well. So, I mean, it's, I always try to tell people, it's like, just because you see something unusual like lights and shadow people and that doesn't necessarily mean it's a ghost but then i always like finish off it could be something like non-human in nature you know like something that never was a human to begin with and is still a sentient being super intelligent um and that doesn't make anyone feel any better
2: (laughs) (laughs) but we saw the lights too this is a long time ago um I can't remember, uh, we'll say like 2009, because I think that's the year my grandpa passed away. It was shortly after he passed. But we saw this blue orb. It was probably yay big round. And it was about the color of my shark over here. And I didn't see it at first because me and my son was getting ready to lie down, go to bed. And my son just said that grandpa came and said goodbye. And I was just like, "What?" we had the lights off in the room. And at the time we had to share a room. And I was like, what? And I kinda I looked around and I caught it right at the door before it left and it was just this blue almost kinda looked like a lightning blue orb and then it disappeared and I this always felt like that was grandpa. It could have been, could not have been, I don't know, but that's the only have, time I've seen the light. way you
1: describe the orbs is exactly how I've seen true orbs as well. And they always tend to be this like bluish hue. And always um like i've seen them look massive like the size of like from a softball to like almost basketball size you know what i mean like um and they always seem to be in like an ultraviolet spectrum of light you know and um i think that that could be a lot of the time that could be like the before after residue of a manifestation so what you're seeing could like this opinions all right like all of this everything any like paranormal investigator that tells you any of this stuff, this is all opinion, right? This is not exact science, right? So in my opinion, I believe that when you see like orbs and things in that nature, it's like a, either a precursor and after effect of a manifestation. So we're seeing, you know, electromagnetic energy as it's starting to change within an environment just before we start seeing something actually manifest like a spirit or you'll see like, A lot of the times on investigation, what looks like somebody's striking a match in the dark, but there's nobody there. You just see these little sparklers of light everywhere. And that's like the beginning of a manifestation and you start getting enough energy. And then eventually you might even see like an orb manifest. And then usually that's when you'll get like an EVP hit where you like pick up a a voice or like a, a disembodied voice. or you'll get an image on a camera. A lot of the time your eye won't be able to convey these light spectrums that these energies live in you know our eyes can only see within a certain spectrum of light you know we can't see well into infrared or ultraviolet like we could only see like the smallest like not even one percent of the the electromagnetic light spectrum right so what we're seeing is only what our eyes can convey so unless you have cameras running you know you might actually see that orb but you could have captured like you could have seen a full-bodied apparition on a camera um, and you could have probably recognized that person, you know, like um, sometimes with children, they don't lean so heavily on physical, you know, eyesights, you know, and so their perceptions are still um, connected to, um, I guess, like a spiritual perception. It's it, that gets trained out of them as they get older, you know, where people start, you know, telling them, like, oh, um, those don't exist. Ghosts don't exist. Um, or if they say that they saw grandpa, you're like, oh, well you didn't see anything, you know, and then eventually they start shutting themselves off to the perception. Um, but we can always like train ourselves to get back into that perception. And that's when we start seeing things with our mind's eye. And that's not necessarily the same as seeing it with your actual physical eyes. And so, um, the reason why I know that perception is different with each person is because I was on an investigation, I had another partner with me. And what I saw as like a light anomaly, he saw as a shadow person, and then our camera captured nothing at all, you know? Uh And so we were both like, you see that at the end of the hallway, you see that at the end of the hallway, it's like slowly manifesting. So what he saw was like a shadow turning into like darker, 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 darker. And then I saw what looked like a really pale blue light and it kept kind of like zoning in and out, in and out, in and out. And so we're, you're in the, I was like, I see light. He's like, I see shadow. And it's like, that's an individual's perception of the phenomena. So like we could be experiencing paranormal phenomena at the same time, but it's ex- like perceiving it totally different. So, I don't know, like, that shows me that we're seeing phenomena not with our physical eyes, but with our third
2: eye. Interesting. Yeah, I've always encouraged him, like, when he first started kind of seeing things, it was about the time my grandpa passed away, maybe about a year before that, because we had another member uh, pass away before that. So, it was like 2008, 2009 that he had a few little experiences. I forget how old he was. Probably not old, but I'll say three, four years old, but I started letting him watch Ghost Hunters. actually, to try to show him, you know, this stuff's not scary, and it's not um, um, that other people see it as well, because I had started having my first experience, I was like 13, 14, and, you know, my family was like, oh, you didn't see nothing, you're crazy, this and that, and eventually, after living in the house that I had my experience, everybody but my dad ended up having something but my dad was the type of person. If he did see something, he would never admit to it. So he could have seen something. Don't know. But that house was just—I got a lot of stories from that house. <laughs> it was—it was bad. We think it was kind of the town I lived in had a lot of mine shafts, and we think it was in or like around a mine shaft. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. I mean, when you have mine shafts, I mean, you had like a town that like grew quickly on you know. Real hard physical labor that a lot of people probably lost their lives in those shafts or, you know, like started, you know, these boom towns that eventually ended up, like, you know, not being boom towns anymore. So I, I find, I don't know. And there's also something about these mines that, um, you, you, you they also are the reason why they're mines is because there, there's tons of mineral in those mines. Right. And so that means that you're living on top of a, a place that has a lot of potentially quartz or lime or things like that, which have the capability of recording memory, you know? And so like anything that goes on in that particular geographical area, if you have any type of traumas or any type of high energy human experiences on that land, it's going to get automatically recorded. And that's why those areas tend to be very haunted. Um, and it's, You know, it is spooky that you have these, like, deep pits into, like, what seem like hell, you know, all around your (laughs) neighborhood. But, like, uh, what it really is is that those areas are being mined because of those minerals, you know, are being used probably um, to, to, like, create forms of energy. And if we're energy and those minerals have energy sustaining, you know, powers to them. It just goes to show like, that's why I feel like those like mining towns are super active is because they literally, you know, built entire cities on top of places that have tons of mineral that have the ability to record, you know, um, our human existence on it, especially if we have, you know, traumatic experiences, you know, in a certain area. So, I mean, a lot of the time, a lot of the times if you're seeing ghosts and things like that, it's a lot, it's recordings that, um, you know, the human spirit leaves behind. Um, then, you know, there's other paranormal experiences that like supersede that, which now you're talking about like sentient beings, um, whether it's non like non-human energies, right. Um, or even extraterrestrial in nature, like, and that's just a whole other ball game, right?
0: Yep. (laughs) That looks like uh, um, this
1: advice I would give to a beginning paranormal investigator. I would say, um, don't try and mimic what you see on YouTube and television. That's not proper investigative protocol. Um, they don't do that anymore. I think the rise of shows like Ghost Adventures, which is kind of like more urban exploring investigations, those are not even investigations. Those are just ghost hunts. Ghost hunting and paranormal investigating, two different monsters. If you want to be a paranormal investigator, don't walk around with a handheld camera. Get yourself a DVR system and make sure all your gear is placed and put down. You know what I mean? Like don't walk around handheld, anything, you know, I mean, yes, you can have handheld stuff for control, like purposes to like kind of keep track where you're at on investigation. But uh, your best bet is to use a DVR system with stationary cameras, stationary um, audio equipment. Don't walk around holding your gear like that. The only gear you should be holding is a flashlight. Um, and that's what I would say, you know, and um, yeah, it takes about six hours of review to go through, you know, <laughs> each single camera. So like a, a an average DVR system, like if you're going small, would have like four cameras. Well, if you're doing an investigation, um, that's at least six hours long, I would say. Like you don't go in a place for one hour, call that an investigation because it's not. It takes at least an hour just to get settled in with the energies there. And shit doesn't even start going down usually until about hour three, four, five, six. So, uh, stationary cameras use, um, yeah, I would say that, um, you can, uh, use your phone as an audio recorder. If you don't have gear, um, just make sure you're not holding it when you're doing your EVP sessions, make sure you place it down on a stable, you know, surface that's not going to shake around. Um, you get a lot of false positive positives when you hold your gear. You know, your shirt brushes up against the mic, and it sounds like, you know, and you're like, oh, I got a breath. You know, that's a false positive. So you don't want. You're trying to avoid that. You want to have a controlled environment. Also, don't like break into places. You know, to investigate, get like actual, real. Permission to go and
2: investigate
1: these right. locations. Yeah, yeah. Don't get arrested. You find
2: out if it's dangerous or not. <laughs> yeah, you know, it could be like people hanging out doing bad stuff in the area.
1: Yeah, and even if you get permission from like the city and stuff, there's still people hanging out and they're doing crack and heroin mm. and shit. You never know. Right. Uh, I uh, I stepped on a needle in a location and it went straight up through my boot. Um. I had no idea I was walking on a hypodermic needle the entire investigation just got lodged into my shoe. Um, and it wasn't until I took off my boot that I was like, whoa, if I was not wearing like some platform boots, oh, that's another thing. Don't wear chunk glass or like, you know, like wear steel-toed work boots on an investigation. <laughs> Don't wear like canvas chucks, okay, like real boots, all right? Like because you never know what you're going to step on. Like, if I was wearing chucks, that investigation, I would have had tetanus or HIV or something. Like, it would have been serious.
2: Mm, so, wow.
1: uh, just be careful. Yeah, you don't want to get, like, hepatitis on an investigation or anything like
0: mm. that. So, steel
2: toe boots. Got it. <laughs> Alright, definitely uh, put that down as top of the list. <laughs> yeah. It happens, man. Just of uh, curiosity yeah, on how well you can see it, but I had this camera set up in our basement for a little while It records audio and it's motion activated, but something like that benefit them. If they're, let's say at their own house investigating or.
1: If that's for your home use, those are always great to have for sure. Um, just the thing with wireless devices, if you're dealing with like spirit energy, um, it sometimes can like interfere with your signal and you might, get like shortages or your, um, like you saw what happened on our call earlier today, like something like that happened, (laughs) right. Where it's just like, you'll lose, um, the actual evidence because it might interfere. So every time I've used a DVR system or security cameras, they all have video line and I'm rolling out giant spools of video line, you know, like between the dvr and the camera so everything's plugged in yeah
2: this has a little sd card Mm -hmm. it has a power cord i just don't have it on right now but we had it in the basement uh we got it after i saw the shadow figure i was telling you about it would go off all the time and i went through so much footage but i just got so burn out because it was just so much like nobody in the basement and it'd just be going off constantly.
1: And that's motion activated, right? Which is right. also really clever too, because then you don't have like it only will turn on when something happens. Mm-hmm. But then at the same time, what is motion activated? Like what if you have an energy that doesn't have a body? How is it going to set off a motion? you know, unless it like emits some form of light and that looks like an IR camera. So you would only understand infrared light or light within a visible spectrum that we know sometimes phenomena happens in like super super deep ultraviolet, you know, light wave spectrums. And again, like if you're using a lot of Wi-Fi in your house, that energy can actually push out whatever spiritual energy is there. So if you have an entire Camera system that's all wireless, that's pushing out the ability for whatever energies you're trying to capture to even manifest because there's all this man made energy, I guess, polluting the environment you're trying to investigate. Another reason why I don't like to use wireless um, in any of my investigations, I want to contain my man made energy within its devices, within, you know, those strings and things like that. Um, And it also gives a source for other like spiritual energy to take from if they want, if they choose, you know, Um, because then you have a lot of conduits within those video wires and things like that, like copper line and things, which can be very helpful for energies that they need to draw from your devices to manifest. But if you have all this Wi-Fi energy bouncing around in a space, it pushes out all the spirit energy. It doesn't give them um the the ability to manifest correctly
2: good to know yeah out of all the footage and there was so much i didn't even get through i gave up on it that's why it's sitting up here on the desk (laughs) but uh, you'll get to it it it.
1: eventually (laughs) you know the mecca or gold of like paranormal evidence on there and like you could become like we do you'll never be rich by being a paranormal investigator no matter how cool the piece of evidence you captured everyone will like Nitpick
2: at it and be like, She's a fraud, right? Yeah, which <laughs> I, you know, I just was for more of my own, like seeing kind of what's going on, and more of that. But we did find one that looked like a face kind of manifesting, so it was about the only thing I was able to found out of all of it. I so say there was so much that ended up getting lost because we had to like wipe the memory of my computer and lost a lot of it. But yeah. And I need to set it up again at some point. <laughs> There's so much to go through.
1: It is. It's too much. Um, one of the questions asked down there about the Christmas horror film that I did was called Slave. So nice.
0: Yeah, I told her that. That was my mom stopping by. So yeah. um,
1: <laughs> I don't I can't see the chat, so I can only see whatever he pulls up over here. Sorry. Um favorite locations that I've investigated. Uh there's a lot. I really enjoyed, um, investigating, um, El Moro Fortress, La Fortaleza Moro in like, um, Puerto Rico. That was pretty cool. Um, I investigated, uh, Mayan temples in Belize. That was pretty awesome. Incan temples in Peru. Um, I guess to, uh, that was probably one of my favorite investigations. Oh, I did the galleries of justice in Nottingham. That was my first investigation on ghost hunters international. And that was a really awesome investigation. Um, that's like an old courthouse, like a lot of people were executed there. Oh, and another, um, I guess, a, I, I really liked investing in Eastern state penitentiary. That was cool.
2: Um, Yeah, a lot of people seem to like that place.
1: It's just such a cool looking location. Like, I can really, like, love an investigation that I do, regardless of the amount of paranormal phenomena I gather. If I just really resonate with the location, if it's beautiful, if it's cool, if it's fun, the history, you know, like, that's all I need to have a good time on an investigation. I don't necessarily need to get, like, amazing, you know... Evidence of the paranormal. I could just like have a great time at like a place. I did a uh, Maplecroft, um, which is where Lizzie Borden moved into after she was acquitted of the crimes of killing her parents. Um, she lived the rest of her days in this gorgeous mansion in Massachusetts, and that was also a really cool location. Um, gorgeous Victorian architecture. I get swayed a lot by architecture and anything ancient and spiritual. So like ancient monuments and beautiful epic locations, like I'm in.
0: Nice. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That'd be interesting to travel and check out all those different places and experience that.
2: Yeah. I've only been to one. (laughs) It was, um, it goes by kind couple names actually ghost hunters went to it not the international one but the regular ghost hunters went to it it was um uh, i think they called it the peoria Estate asylum but it's in a town called bartonville so everybody in like the area knows it as a bartonville insane yep. asylum or um oh crap i had i can't think of the doctor's name it started with the z
1: I love an asylum those places those definitely have some of the heaviest energies on investigations um all that you know traumatic patient energy that's left behind
2: it's uh, Zellers Dr. Zellers it just popped in my head <laughs> yeah but, uh, and uh, if you ever heard of the story of Bookbinder he was like the one of like in at least Illinois that I'm aware of central Illinois he was like the biggest ghost story he was his ghost was supposedly witnessed by 300 people including nurses doctors and stuff like that so if you've never heard of bookbinder i would look into that it's a very interesting story
1: in illinois huh maybe yeah. i'll go for the dark zone <laughs> which <laughs> is like a production that i work with other paranormal investigators uh, we recently did um the conjuring house, which was a lot of fun yes. with the, um, with the family that the movie is based on, we brought them back and did an investigation with them. Um, and then we also did the Lizzie Borden house. We did the queen Mary. Um, we did a police museum that used to be old headquarters uh, in Los Angeles. Um, Yeah. We're constantly going out to locations and doing these large scale investigations with these teams, with the team that we have, which are other investigators from series that you probably know and love. And we all get together and investigate outside of the television world with each other, since we're all friends, you know, it's like, okay. Like, so you're on that show and you're on that show and you're on that show. Like we never get the chance to like investigate together. Let's get all together and just do something we've always wanted to do. And that's kind of like what the Dark Zone is. And so, if you yeah. ever want to check out our investigations, that's the Dark and we do it all online.
2: Yeah, I was just about ready to ask if there's anywhere we could watch that collaboration <laughs> yeah. so of everybody. <laughs> so yeah. I'm, so I'm
0: assuming like, like Steve and <laughs> Tango and them. Well, they um,
1: they haven't investigated with us, no. But oh, okay. I, hmm. We use, uh, like, we have Kristen Lumen and Mm -hmm. Jay Verberg and Patrick. Um, They're all from Ghost Mine. And then we have, like, other people come on, like Dave Schrader. And um, we had, like, uh, Brandon Alvis, Mustafa from the new Ghost Hunters, like A&E's Ghost Hunters. Um, We've had... Gosh, it's like all with it was so many people. Steven, like the the those guys, um as much Steve is a good friend of mine and Tango, like there were those guys were my mentors, you know, they were the reason why I ended up on Ghost Hunters International and I still keep in touch with Steve. He's a friend, he's he's a cool dude, but they're so busy doing their Ghost Nation stuff and they're constantly touring like we never get the chance. Right. Same thing with like Amy and Adam from like Spirit, um from uh, Kindred Spirits. They were originally part of our team and then they just got so busy doing Kindred Spirits. It's like when you do like network television investigations, they have you on the road nonstop. The last thing you wanna do when you're on your free time, is go on another
0: fucking investigation. Right, yeah. Okay,
1: like, so they're just like, hey, high fives, but no.
0: <laughs> all right. Yeah, I trying. just got back from a 70-day run. They're like,
1: we just came back from, like, the overhaul of investigations. The last thing I want to do is go on a fucking investigation.
0: <laughs> Let's go investigate for fun. Shit.
1: <laughs> yeah, they get paid for that. Well, I mean, we obviously, we pull together funds and all that stuff, and so it's not... It's, you know, it's still professional investigations and stuff, but um, lately, you know, and, and also like with the Dark Zone, we kind of, we do have our stationary cameras, but we do a lot of like a little bit of the urban exploring, ghost hunting on that as well too. So we're not super purist, right? Like, yeah. you know, that the thing is that when um, the question came up, like what he asked about being a paranormal investigator. So, I just wanted to make a real quick definition between a ghost hunter and a paranormal investigator. All right. Like, so choose what you want to be. One is an urban explorer with a camera looking for ghosts, the other one is looking for hard evidence using controls, checks, and balances. So, if you want to go down the scientific route or you want to just go have fun with your friends, go have fun with your friends. (laughs) You know, like, be a ghost hunter. Because it takes a lot more gear to be a paranormal investigator and a shitload more time. And you're not going to get paid for any of that.
2: (laughs) Unless you blow up on YouTube or something and give ad revenue. And even then,
1: you're getting paid like a school teacher. So that's not even, like, really... I have other jobs. Why do you think I have to, like, do film and work on tours with music and... You know, sometimes I have to, like, moonlight as a bartender when my seasons aren't on. You know what I mean? Like, you're not making money as a paranormal investigator. It's a passion, you know? Like, either you have the passion or you you don't. It bleeds you dry, like, financially and everything. So, Pelican cases are expensive. It's like $200 for the case to hold $200 worth of gear. Oh, wow. It's nuts. It's an expensive uh, hobby, you know.
2: But um, <coughs> yeah. I'm not sure what Peggy's asking. Yeah, His I'm not, I'm not says, sure either. That have you heard of the old H? Have you... no. Maybe you'll know what she's husband. talking about. I'm not sure, but whatever the maybe old she was typing is.
0: something and didn't type, or I, I don't know <laughs> what that is.
1: A lot of the stuff in the U.S. I haven't had the chance to explore because a lot of my investigations are abroad, and I work with teams outside of the US. So um, I hate to say it, but I haven't investigated much in the US at all. Like now is the time that I'm starting to kind of get into my own backyard, so to speak, when it comes to the investigations, because I, I started off in the international sphere when it came to going, you know, doing the investigations abroad. I went to, I've I've been to 42 countries and I've investigated in most of them, you know, Um, except for the last two countries I went to, which were in the middle East, but I went there mostly for research on the gin. you know? And so um, whenever I'm doing my correspondence with paranormal caught on camera, I've been doing a lot of, um, I just wanted to be more a voice for like, the types of phenomena is going on in the Middle East, you know, and, and get hands on, you know, um, education on Muslim outlook on supernatural phenomena. Right. So of course I get the opportunities to go and study those in countries by professionals, you know, and, um, although I didn't like go on any investigations, I definitely did visit a lot of these like sacred sites and learn from, you know a muslim you know about their beliefs you know and and that type of phenomena um it's like i i honestly have so much more fun outside of the us i'm not gonna lie the ghost (laughs) stories in the us um not that i don't want to say there there's definitely a lot of interesting ghost stories but they kind of all revolve around the same thing which is about you know 200 years old worth of history and trauma um, unless you are investigating, you know, um, indigenous people's, you know, stories in our country. Um, But then you go to places like just across the pond in the UK and there's buildings there that are thousands of years old, you know, that are still standing, that are still being utilized. And the types of stories that are going on there, the types of phenomena that's happening is, much more different and then you go even deeper you go into like a a temple that was built almost four thousand years ago you know and it's like that to me i'm like okay now we're getting to some real deep rooted phenomena right like this is the type of stuff i'm interested in i'll definitely take a bite out of those types of investigations um you know like the in the u.s we get a lot of like a lot of the confederate um or you know I guess like the Civil War history, we get a lot of the um, genocidal history against the natives. Um, we get a lot of the, like you said, the the old mining towns, mm-hmm. the the hospitals, um, the fortresses. It's just like it's very American. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to explain it. Like, I don't I, I don't want to talk sound like I'm talking shit, but if I had to pick, like. Between investigating like the Alamo and investigating like Incan territories, I would definitely go to South America first.
2: I think most people, <laughs> to be fair. I and know I, guess I, I always would.
1: told myself, "Why well, it's my country. I'll like, like I live here. I'll definitely get the opportunities to go check out these locations. And then I I, I do sometimes, but then it's like, if I had to spend my money on it, I'm going to fly out of the country, you know, <laughs> I'm like, I'm going to Mexico instead and like checking out like the Teotihuacan pyramids and doing investigations around that or going to the, you know, um, what is it? The, the city of the dead and things like that, which is definitely more up my alley. Um, but, uh, yeah. I don't know. I don't know what else to say. The last country I went to to do anything like in that nature was I went to United Arab Emirates and I did Dubai and I went to Abu Dhabi and then I went to Egypt after that, just like in the same trip. And I did Cairo and Giza and Alexandria. And I learned like Alexandria was really interesting. I learned a lot about like the era of like Alexander the Great and like Cleopatra. And I went into these like amazing tombs underground um, and I had a lot, like there wasn't a lot of experiences that I had there, but just like, again, like I don't need to have an experience to really enjoy, like being surrounded by crypts and graves, you know, and I'm literally finding human remains on the floor,
2: like bones
1: everywhere. Um, places I would love to investigate or return to in 2023. Um,
2: I, I think, think she, she froze. froze. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Ouija board oh. is added again. <laughs> <laughs> <Phew>. <laughs> I'm back. I'm back. I'm back. I'm back.
0: <laughs> Long time no see.
1: <laughs> I was like, as soon as it dropped, I just like, I know how to do this, and I was like, boo, 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 yeah, boo. I knew
0: you do. I'm like, yep, she'll be back. <laughs> oh
1: my god. Um, I want to go and investigate with some of my favorite teams. It's not so much about visiting locations right now. I want to like visit my favorite international teams um, that I worked with abroad because those, those were my teachers. You know, they taught me about their culture, their language, their customs, their ghosts, their country. And like, that's what I want. Like, so I'm actually, I haven't told them this yet. So hopefully they haven't even like, they're not going to find out all of a sudden here, but um, thinking about going back to Germany and visiting my friends in Bavaria and going on an investigation with them. Um, I believe their team's name is called like spook knocked paranormal, but there's some of my good friends and I've had such great times investigating with them. Um, teams in the Netherlands that I love. There's, um, there's also teams here in the U S too, that I absolutely miss investigating with, um, the elite Vegas paranormal society, um, APRA, you know, those are the people that I want. I'm, I'm, I'm more interested in getting together with my friends and investigating with them and with peers that I love in the, in the, the field, you know? So I'm more excited about that when I get to like reconnect with like some of my favorite experts and paranormal investigators, and maybe also with my dark zone family. Cause I haven't investigated with them since we did the conjuring house. So
0: yeah, So all that you've seen, I know you said you've seen the orbs and ghosts and all, or the uh, figures. Um, Have you had any, like, poltergeist experience or anything, like, terrorize you or not yet?
1: I don't, I mean, in order to be terrorized, you have to be terrified. And none of this stuff terrifies me. Mm -hmm. If anything, it's just, like, fascinates me. Mm -hmm. Um, So i as far as, like, I've seen objects move on their own, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, Nottingham, like I said, the first investigation that I did with Ghost Hunters International, um, I saw a door open and close on its own, like right in front of me. And it was one of these, like, glass uh, doors that have one of those push bars that you have to, like, open. So. Um, I was like, we were done investigating. It was probably like four or five in the morning and I'm putting all my gear back into the cases. And then all of a sudden I'm like by myself, like putting and organizing all this gear while people are in other locations running line back in, you know, from the cameras. Mm -hmm. And so I'm alone completely. And I hear what I thought was just a teammate coming into the room, I hear the door push open And I just kind of look over my shoulder to kind of see who it is, expecting nothing. Like I was not expecting anything, you know? All the lights were on, you know? You could hear people talking in the background. And then I noticed this door had pushed open on its own and you could tell no one's on the other side because it's a see-through door, it's glass, you know? And you could see the push bar has been pushed open like it's held in. It opens halfway as if somebody's kind of like holding it and it stays open for like about five, six seconds on its own. And I'm like, hello. like (laughs) I don't know. Like, it's like, hello. And as soon as I like said that after looking at this door for like five or six seconds, open, like staying open, all of a sudden that latch like pops out and the door closes again. And I was like, Hello. Yep. It's, it's when all the cameras are put away <laughs> yeah. and all the lights are on and we're done and we're ready to fucking go home. We're all exhausted. All the camera guys have their gear together. All the audio people have their gear together and I'm the last one putting all of our equipment together while everyone's running lines. I see this door open and close on its own and I'm just like, holy shit, that's crazy. So that was the first time I saw anything move on its own. The second time was on in another investigation and, canada we used trigger objects is what we call them where we kind of set up an experiment to try and get them to move um and that was actually we had two investigations in canada and in each investigation we had trigger objects uh and and each time we had them move on camera we had this doll in this old trapping um log cabin that we were investigating was like a trapper mill um, like so we were in this little like blacksmith cabin and we put a doll that had like little pigtails and then we got a line of chalk and, and drew it around the doll and then kept a camera on it to see if the doll would move and uh, the camera eventually runs out of battery dies oh, Another reason why you want to use, like, long lines and stuff, because when you forget about a camera, it, like, dies after, like, four hours. We come back, the doll is out of its little line, and the camera's dead. And then we find out the camera's battery had been drained. It only had been recording for about an hour, not even, before the battery dies, and then the doll moved out away from, you know, away from its line, like, out of it. We didn't personally witness it, but... Evidence suggests that there was like a battery drainage and something used that energy to touch or move or manipulate the doll. The second one we captured on camera, we put a lighter, a cigarette on a table next to a shot of whiskey, you know, and we're like, okay, this is for you. Have a cigarette, have a shot, you know, offering all the vices. We left a camera on it and lo and behold that cigarette just moves across the table and then moves all the way back to where we left it. And we caught that on camera. That was really cool. So yes, I've seen objects move. Um, And that's that's always been really cool to to capture on camera, you know?
2: And to see the door move. The
1: door was the most impressive and that was like something I never caught on camera. So out of the three times things moved on investigations, we caught one on camera, I saw the other one with my own eyes. And then that other one was just like, we missed it. But there was evidence that it moved, so. Oh, no, we did, uh, in a basement, in a dungeon, in a castle in Denmark, we also, um, we set up like a, um, an energetic experiment that we allowed it, like, um, if you touched it, it would like light up. We had this flashlight experiment, but like a bigger, better version of it. Um, with like a battery attached to it and everything. Um, and we set a camera up on that and then that whole thing moved, uh, you could, it looked like something was like, what is this? And was like touching (laughs) and trying to move this flashlight. We had one of those big bulky flashlights that have like one of those handles up top like that, that would use in like, a like in the rain and like a flood or something. Yeah, those definitely good things to use trigger objects, ghosts if it was a ghost, if it ever was a human, they love alcohol. Like bring whiskey, bring vodka, bring moonshine, bring wine, bring tobacco, bring cigarettes, um, bring um, expensive objects like gold watches, things like that, things that people would be interested in in those days, right? Like, ooh, gold, I can use that, ooh, whiskey let me use that i could use that you know like those are the types of trigger objects that i find are the most sought after by ghosts
2: interesting i had a couple different i guess stuff moving around like we'll call it the coal miner house (laughs) for the lack of better term but um in that house every time it stormed really bad i had like little figures of like horses and little dogs and stuff because i was fairly young and i had um lined out where they were facing outward that like they could see me and there's a mirror behind them and they're sitting on top of a like a dresser stormed really bad those one would be like flung across the room by the door they'd be either turned facing each other or facing the mirror there'd be multiple different ways and i'd have pictures on the wall that would be off the wall and i had these uh I believe those those Japanese. Remember those Japanese masks that was popular back in like the 90s? The Hanya masks? I, I believe oh, so. Oh, or the
1: little like porcelain. Yeah, the little porcelain masks, masks. With the little I had, ribbons.
2: I had three of them. And I had. Those the, are spooky. They all got destroyed. <laughs> Just completely destroyed. I had a water bed. And the bed was probably a good foot away from the wall. It would come off the wall. I wouldn't see it happen. I'd be asleep during this. It would come off the wall, and I'd wake up, and it would be shattered on my waterbed mattress. Shattered real, on the waterbed? Dis- That's weird. Got destroyed. But, yeah, there'd be pictures off the wall. Those things would be moved. But would only be, like, the few pictures. Definitely those masks. Those just got obliterated. And my little figures. Yeah. <laughs> like every time it stormed really bad. Not normal storm. Just, like, a really bad one. And then uh, I had worked at a restaurant. I had these like saloon doors that went from like the front end to the back into the kitchen, and I would close. And smaller town, they would make you close by yourself. So I'd be in the restaurant by myself closing down stuff, and I would be doing stuff in the kitchen. Not hear the saloon doors go off like somebody's coming back, and we'd have stuff fall sporadically too if nobody was messing around with things, but. The saloon doors freaked me out the most because I thought a legit person was coming back into the kitchen with me. They're but like, I hated that workplace. <laughs> it, it was so creepy. It just had a bad. It didn't feel like the other places. It just had more of a bad feeling to it, and I felt like I was being watched all the time. And yeah, I didn't like that place. I've been around ghosts for or, or experiences. I should, but lack of better words, I should say that, but. I was able to handle it, but that place, I swear it knew that I was paranoid about an actual person coming in. So it would like mess with me. (laughs) Right. Right. Exactly. And you're alone too, you know, so you're vulnerable. Right. And I've already had experiences with actual people coming in and what was robbing me. And so Mm -hmm. I was like, you know, constantly on anxiety thinking an actual, my manager came in one time I'd locked myself in the office because I'd heard stuff and then he had came in to do like inventory or something. And I heard him moving around thinking it was something else. Cause I'd heard other sounds before that. He found me locked in the office freaking out because I heard him moving around too. And I was like, Oh no, I'm done. It's like, I can't keep doing this. I know
1: I get like, I'm more scared of, I know like, That's another thing. It's like if you have like a heightened fear or anxiety and it doesn't have to be because you feel like the place is haunted, like you said, like you're like, it's late. And like, I'm by myself and this is a business and someone could run up here and try to like, you know, harm me for money or something. Right. And so you already have that's like an energy output within your aura, you know, that you're putting within the environment. And so if there is any type of. Uh activity happening and it's feeding off your energy it's going to amplify that anxiety you know it's going to and it's going to manifest through that right so when people fear the paranormal or have like that anxiety or fear in general like it doesn't they go into a haunted location knowing it's haunted and they're scared of ghosts because of whatever misinformation they've had through film and through family you know then they're like oh you know i need to fear a ghost so then they fear it you know it's like what is like um like again it's like you had a real fear of like real criminals coming in right Right. but that's putting out an energy in the environment so that whenever this haunt starts to happen it's going to amplify that too you know so that's why if you ever feel weird about the energies in that place it could be because it's feeding off a little bit of your anxiety and amplifying it um but uh but you have a real reason to be worried you know but other people that go into like a haunted location and they just fear the ghost stories they're like omg like an you know a mean old man used to live here and now he haunts the place and i'm like you're surrounded by mean old men at a supermarket and they're right. alive. You know what I mean? Like,
2: right. Real people are more, real scary people suck in my opinion, sometimes, than- you know? I'm like,
1: I'm not that worried about his like incorporeal real spirit. You know what I mean? Like, what is he going to do? Like whoosh me to death? You know, like he's not like, it's not going to happen. I mean, he just might give me bad vibes, but that's about it. Like, there's no way this spirit can actually harm you. And so, the fact that like people are scared of ghosts, like I try to tell them there's really nothing to be scared of. To be like, I had the most terrifying experience. It's like, tell me about it. They're like, I saw a ball of light. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> and I'm like, holy shit, you saw an orb. What did it do to you? It swooshed right past me. Wow, terrifying.
0: We got a swisher. Like,
1: how is that scary? Why are you scared of that? You know yeah. what I mean? It's like, it doesn't make sense to me. Like you're, Better off being scared of, like, a spider on the wall because it actually has venom that could potentially harm you. An orb? Like, the most I've ever felt from an orb was, like, maybe, like, the hairs stand up on my arms. You know what I mean? Or, like, an electrical current in the atmosphere. You know? Oh, you saw a shadow figure? You know? Like, I saw a freaking naked bum... With a boner running across Sunset <laughs> Boulevard at me, like that's yeah. fucking scary,
2: right? Like, yeah, real
1: I'm life sorry is using your- but that's scarier than a I'll stick with the shadow
0: figure.
1: in a corner, <laughs> like so. I was like, don't like, don't fear the ghosts, don't fear the spirits, you know. Like, I, I honestly don't know what to like. If they like every day, like people are like, oh, what if they possess you? As like, you really have to be in, like, a certain state of, po- like, in order for possession to happen, you have to kind of, it's like a vampire. You like to kind of have to invite it in somehow. You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't just kind of take over yourself. It's either you invited that type of energy into your life and it manifested in a way beyond your control and now you're possessed by an energy, you know, but, um, that doesn't necessary, and then again, it's like not as bad as some people think. You know what I mean? Right. Like, I it can get pretty dark. You know, like in a sense where like it can make people very depressed or agitated or angry or gain addictions or become suicidal. Yes, those are very real threats, but a lot of that is brought on by the individual. And possessions usually happen um, as like a symptom of underlying issues within an individual already, you know what I mean? So you already were suffering from addictions, anxieties, depression, suicidal tendencies, and that's what called in this type of energy towards you because you were like a beacon of light to a moth. And that was the symbiotic, like energetic relationship you brought in and you fed, you know? So um that's the only way i feel people can you know get really affected by energies um and it's more of a psychological thing and less of like a physical direct harm type thing um so i mean i tell people just if you don't have fear for the energy if you don't feed it negative vibes you won't have a negative experience like i see a paranormal being, whether it's a shadow figure or an entity of any sort. And I'm, I greet it with like gratitude and like thankfulness that it chose to show itself to me. I'm like, thank you for visiting. How can I help you type energy? You know what I mean? Like, let's Mm -hmm. talk. What are you about? I want to know more about you. Thank you for choosing me. How, how can I make your existence on my dimensional plane? pleasurable and memorable you know like right, right. um and so if you are like warm and inviting to these energies you're gonna get warm and inviting energy back and that's just how it is because they can't feed off an environment if they have nothing from you you know so if you're giving them fear energy you're gonna get fear response you know it's so it's 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 just go into a lotion not to fear it you know but to be like, Surprised by it and happy and elated that it that phenomena happened to you You know if I see something I mean yeah. sometimes you get startled don't get me wrong yeah. Something can happen and like anything my cat walks up on me a little too fast, you know I get startled anybody, you know, you're not expecting something um, But then you have to ch- like that's just more of an initial reaction But it's a mental reaction the way you handle the environment that I think is important um, but other than that like nobody really
2: needs to fear ghosts
1: or spirits at all
2: right yeah it just always felt like that one liked messing with me it's like it liked doing that like every other stuff has experiences of multiple locations and just that one alone it was like tormenting basically and the rest of them never had issues i don't as long as i know it's like actual like paranormal stuff i'm okay but not that not knowing if it's real person or not yeah. a real person that was just like uh i did not like that
1: one bit. And, and most ghosts especially if they're about a hundred year old ghosts you know haunting locations like those people back in the day would disagree with a lot of any modern person's situation right uh, like you're a woman you suck you talking to me woman like no you're place get in the kitchen right um so you have a lot of that like toxic masculine mentality and that's that's what people used to have a hundred years men specifically had a hundred years ago uh if you were a person of color god forbid you're living in their former house what you're not a slave like you you're you're a lower class you're a woman you're gay you have tattoos you're a heathen, right? Like, and like any modern person is going to be hated by a Victorian ghost, okay? Like, let's
2: right. just
0: be
1: real. You know, like especially women get targeted a lot because if you're dealing with a man, like you don't normally address a man as a as a single woman by herself if he were married. Like, they there was like protocols to like communication in Victorian ages. You know, you don't just go up to a married man as a woman and talk to him, you know? Or you, if you have tattoos, you're a low-class heathen. If you're a person of color, you're beneath them, right? And so they're not aware of how, you know, progressive we are today and who we are. And so you can literally go into a location and the ghost will hate you right off right because right. of who you are, you know? So that's kind of uh, where I'm at, too. Um, same thing with, like, female, like, energies or ghosts. Like, they might be a little weirded out by a man coming in and asking questions and being forceful, you know, because they, they'll they be really shy and elusive because they're like, I'm not supposed to talk to you my husband's not around, right, type deal. And so they will, like, hide away. And so I think it's important to have, like, men and women on a team because some energies – won't talk to men and some energies won't talk to women because they're still living within that memory or that mental space of the Victorian times, right? Um so it's just like that's another thing too is like when people are like there's a mean old ghost and I was like, yeah, you a lot of these t- <laughs> a lot of these investigators or ghost hunters these days walking in there with sleeves of tacks, their necks tatted and shit. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? they're just like, whoa, you're covered in the devil's ink, you know, and they're just going to straight hate you. They don't understand it, you know, and, you know, people going in there and using just casual dialogue is enough to be very off-putting to an old spirit, you know? Mm -hmm. So people don't think about it like that sometimes. And it's like, you got to have to put yourself in like a cordial manner. And, like, if you're dealing with Victorian-era place and Victorian-era ghosts or beyond, you're going to have to start taking in those mannerisms and manners and dialogue and everything as if you want to have, like, a real communication with these energies, you know? It takes a lot of thought before you just go in there and be like, tell me your name. I'm like, who are you? And he's like, some Puerto Rican dude walks into a house and he's the lead investigator. He's like, who is this? Mexican, pre-Spanish war garbage over here. You know, that's what they think, you know? Right, like, yeah. Racist as hell, you know? And i just, yeah. oh my God. Like, it's crazy to like, and then you won't get anything because that spirit's gonna be like, I'm not talking to you, you know? Like, it, it's crazy to, to think about it, but you know, I've been like women and guys, like that's why guys get attacked on investigations attacked being like scratches or burns or irritations on on their skin which are still minimal okay i i pet my stomach i pet my cat's stomach okay <laughs> and 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 he play bites me that hurts more than like a ghost scratch okay just to be real another reason to like not fear that type of spiritual encounter right because like, oh wow, like people don't even notice they get scratches. They're like, oh, my back's burning. It's an evil spirit. It's like, no, he's just a disgruntled man that doesn't like the way you look or sound, you know? And like he's trying to get rid of you because he doesn't like your tattoos, you know. He doesn't like the the he doesn't like the fact that your girlfriend talks to you right. without saying sir.
2: Right. Or master,
1: right. master.
2: Yes, <laughs> or uh, collector fiend. That's a good question. What some of your favorite footage that you saw on Paranormal Caught on Camera?
1: Um, I like—I don't remember if my first of all, like, there's so many clips I've seen. I've seen like a thousand clips. Um, my favorite one that sticks out is this weird translucent jellyfish thing that walks across a highway in Peru. Still can't explain it. It's like some interdimensional creature that doesn't make any sense. Mm -hmm. That was my favorite. I I like anything that that looks like something interdimensionally like broke through like in Stephen King's The Mist, you know? (laughs) Like that. I mean, Stephen King's The Mist, like those are like proper, like crazy, like monsters, like physical, like giant, massive beasts. But this was kind of like a happy little, like, neon glowing jellyfish. And he just kind of, like, squishied his way <laughs> across the highway. It was it was that was my favorite. That was my favorite one.
0: Fun. Do you recall <laughs> what season that was? I haven't Probably got to like that one yet.
1: season either. two or th- maybe okay. season one.
0: I but, yeah, it was really my
1: favorite them. clip of them all because I couldn't explain it. And even a giant semi- like drives through the highway when that thing is walking through and it doesn't like destroy it. It just like goes right through it. And as the semi passes, um, it's still kind of there lingering on the highway. So I was, I thought that was the coolest piece that we had because I couldn't explain it. It looked legit to me. Um, A lot of the stuff that we get on paranormal caught on camera, Um, you know, I, I have a hard time, like trusting some of it, you know, like I'm a skeptic.
2: Yeah. And then
1: other times I'm like, Oh, these people are novices. They don't really know, like those are Chinese lanterns or something. And everyone's like, it's UFOs. We're getting attacked. (laughs) Like there's like 20 (laughs) Chinese lanterns flying by, you know? And
0: yeah,
1: (laughs) another, we got one on once that was like a migration of butterflies. And I, I was like, oh, this is a migration of butterflies. Like, look it up. And then it's right over the town where the largest migrations happen.
2: Mm-hmm. And they were just like, no, we're
1: not going <laughs> to use your we're not like use commentary on facts.
2: It sounds almost something like what happened here in Wisconsin. Right before we moved, there was this big news story that people thought they'd seen like extraterrestrial lights over, I think it was like Michigan, pretty sure. It ended up just being a bunch of seagulls. <laughs> the light was, like, reflecting off it or something
1: like that. <laughs> yeah, are... Our aliens
2: yeah but i guess it was strange that they was out at like at night or something i don't remember exactly but i remember seeing a bunch of like news stuff about it and i remember telling my husband i was like oh look at this we're gonna be moving into ufo territory and then it ended up coming out there was like a bunch of seagulls or something because you couldn't really see the footage just like what you know the news was showing so you know a normal person couldn't say oh that's this bunch of birds because it was kind of dark but yeah like-
1: i wish i could tell everyone that if you have a smartphone you could choose the frames per second your phone shoots on like please put it on 4k at least 30 frames per second so we can see what the fuck you're shooting people because everything that comes out you know it's just like i was like this was on a brand new iphone and it still looks like this yeah i don't know how to explain it you know just like oh my gosh but, uh, Chuck- um, but I guess also one of my favorite shots was, uh but I've seen this. This was shot in like the 90s. It was like the one of the first clips that came out on like regular DV, little DV tape, you know, like shot straight on tape, an old handheld camera, which is where they were getting like, it was like this family over in Gettysburg. They were shooting like in the field, in a field, like towards like a hedge and you could see what looks like these ghostly soldiers, like multiple of them kind of walking into the hedge. That was, has still been my I've favorite. Been one. Yeah, it's so, it's just like that's still my favorite. I think that was one of the clips that got me stoked to be an investigator. It's like, holy shit, they caught like multiple full bodied mm-hmm. apparitions of like soldiers in Gettysburg kind of fading in and out. You would see like these upper half of their bodies, like lower half, like legs marching through this hedge, into this hedge, you know? And I thought that was fantastic. Like what a great catch. They were like, we're seeing this with our own eyes and they just happen to have a camera and they shot it on tape. That's another thing. Digital cameras are not picking up the same shit we would be able to pick up if we were using actual tape. So like a part of me, If it wasn't so like unattainable most of the time, is like use tape to to capture phenomena. There's something about the electromagnetic current on these like um, silver halide tapes. I mean, that's what's it's like silver halide on the strips, right? And and then you use electromagnetic current that like on this little input as the tape slides through with the silver halides on it. Something about that process picks up phenomena way better than a digital camera.
2: But oh, sorry, you only get
1: about, what, 90 minutes on a tape? You guys remember that?
2: Yeah. 90
1: <laughs> minutes, guys. It's all you got. And you got to keep, like, you're, like you got to time yourself and be like, all right, T minus, like, 85 minutes. So I have five yeah. minutes to go and change that DV in the camera. And you just got to do that all the time. That's why the old paranormal teams had these tech guys. And really what they were doing was just changing tape constantly.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, uh, but it's the
1: best way to record phenomena. Like I believe 100%. Yeah. You know, like everyone's using these Wi-Fi, like, you know, digital cameras now. And I'm like, not the same. That's why you're not getting shit. You're not getting shit that way. Right. You got to plug it in and yep. you got to use a tape. And that's how you <laughs> capture all the shit. That's how you get your EVPs. That's how you get your Gettysburg's ghost. Like, that is why we're not getting those types of uh, footage anymore because we're not using, you know, um, this primitive. It's not that primitive, but I guess we call it primitive now. But it's like old school gear is really the best way to use it. So if you got an old, like, little camera like a Sony out there and you got these little JVR DV tapes, Mm -hmm. use those those are the best those are the best (laughs) 85 minutes and
2: counting uh, earlier in the chat Chuck Friesby. I don't think I'm saying that right I don't know what he's referencing but it says the deer spirit but feeding off that have you ever seen like animal spirits
1: for sure I have seen cats like cat spirits I have seen I've seen dog dog spirits I've captured um, the sound of horses, you know, like neighing, galloping, things like that, like carriages, you know, so like horses, like horse drawn carriages with the horses and everything. Um, I've seen like, I guess it's kind of an animal, but it was more like a shapeshifter, where it looked like a gorilla galloping across a field, like on all fours, like a gorilla, like a silverback. And then all of a sudden, stand upright and look more like a werewolf and then turn into like nothing Hmm. so like i don't know like the
2: Wendigo, that like was you know talked about in uh, american uh, native american culture Mm
1: -hmm. yeah the navajo believed in the skinwalker oh yeah um and so they um believed that they were a type of like shaman or witch type you know person in the tribe that was able to take on the shape of any um, any type of animal that they wanted to, to embody its power. They saw a shock documentary about Robert the doll. Um, I have not investigated Robert the doll at all. I mean, I think he's like, they do ghost tours around him now and he's kept in a museum. I don't know if he's even at the artist's house anymore. He's down in Key West. Yeah, I
2: think he's that in museum, me. yeah.
1: So. You know, so, I mean, I'm I'm down to check him out say hi to robert the doll
2: yeah Speaking of feeding off robert have you seen annabelle since you've i have been not the seen Congress.
1: real Anna. i haven't gone to the warren's occult museum um so i haven't seen her in person either unfortunately but um i had like a haunted doll once it was uh given to me by my grandmother it was the only thing she ever gave me she was like you know, failing of multiple sclerosis. And my mom wouldn't let me see her because she was so like, you know, frail and disabled. And I could only ever talk to her on the phone. And she sent me little things. And this one time she sent me this little doll. It was about like, yay big. And it was a clown. And um, she didn't know at the time, I just did not like clowns. And it was around because, you know, that was when Stephen King's It came out and they had the <laughs> series on TV. and i was like hiding to watch it when i was way too young and i freaked out over clowns i i i traumatized myself right trying to watch this series and so around that same time she sends me this clown doll and um it has this like it's like an automaton almost that you wind the back And it had like a little like song it played. It's a small world, you know, and its head would like rotate like this. And be like, it's a small world after all, right? Okay. I can imagine
2: the nightmare fuel from that. It
1: was nightmare fuel. And I was like, mom, at first I felt bad because it was like, The only thing my grandmother ever gave me, and I loved her, even though I never met her, like she was such a sweet woman and she loved me so much. And I just, I knew she wasn't well. She sent me this clown. And like, I was like, mom, this is terrifying. I don't want it in my room at night. She would like, oh, you could sleep with it. And I was like, no, (laughs) let's leave it over there in the corner. But then at night, all I would do is stare at its silhouette and it would freak me out. So I was like, all right. I threw it in the closet and my mom was like, No, that's rude. Your grandmother gave this to you. You should leave it out here as decoration amongst your other cabbage patch kids. And I'm like and I'm like, this is I was like, fine, mom, whatever. And then one night I noticed that it started moving its head by itself without playing the tune. And I was like, That's it. You're getting shoved in the back of my closet all again. <laughs> I go to bed and then all of a sudden, the next night I forget, I'm like, done with it. You know, like, kids have short term memory,
2: forget about the clown doll,
1: I go to sleep and then I hear from the back of my closet, like the song, it's a small world after Mm. all. But then it's all like, fucked up sounding like, it's slow. like (laughs) and (inaudible) I'm like oh my god and I told my I I told my mom I was like this doll's fucked up like I didn't say like that right this doll is alive I don't (laughs) like it it is singing on its own it's moving on its own no matter where I put it it manages to haunt me, even if it's out of sight, you know, like, so then she finally took it and left it in her closet. She said, nothing happened. And then as I was older, I, I found it again. It's like, Oh, this is funny. Like I like horror now. I'm not scared of anything. I'm a ghost hunter. And I took it back. Right. Put it in my room. It's was like, look, it's the creepy clown doll. I'm going to sit to all my Clive Barker toys. Right. I literally have like, all the freaking like tortured soul toys that zero phase me now. The one clown doll I got as a child that <laughs> fucked me up. And that thing goes off again on its own in my room. And I was like, I haven't even wound you up in like 15 years and you're still doing creepy shit.
0: You're like, I'm. it's like I'm back.
1: It was.
2: I got to turn so off my camera my
1: just for a second but I, I can't hear. So that was my right. crazy doll story.
0: <laughs> yeah
1: oh no we uh, lost brown
0: no she's just she can hear us she just uh had to turn off the camera for a minute or something but uh, uh i was gonna say also like we we're talking about paranormal caught on camera um the one in florida there was that sea creature that that it looks like it had a manatee or something i don't know if you were on that episode or not but something came out of the water um they were here in florida i forget where exactly where they were vacationing and they were fishing and all of a sudden they saw it and they're like what the fuck go go like it just came up and it it, when they zoomed in it like grabbed a manatee or something it was like some huge i don't know if it had a tentacle or it was weird looking i don't know but it was.
1: oh is it like were they on a boat yeah in a canal system or something like that I think it was a dolphin, to be honest. I live I live off of canals all the time, and I see... I don't know if it was people. off
0: the canal or where it was. Or it was like in a channel or
1: something. Or you know? coast. thinking or of another Florida place, and I was like, that looks like it could be...
0: It might have been, but yeah, some weird... I don't know what it was. I don't know if they said dolphin or manatee or something or one of the two, but...
1: <laughs> I mean, if it's a dolphin, you'll see the fin first. Mm-hmm. The manatees are a whole other vibe, you know, because like... Oh, they yeah. They totally... Look like they're massive. They are literally the size of cows.
0: Yeah, they're and they float
1: around listlessly in the water.
0: Yeah, there was a place in uh, Orange City called Blue Springs, and they would like swim through there. Um, every now and then, and uh, they had their own little section. But sometimes they would like cross into where people swim, but you couldn't t- Well, obviously, you're not allowed to touch them if you got caught. But I've had them like swim sort of close by me. Um, and a baby alligator one time, too. That was fun. <laughs> I'm like, nope. where there's a baby, there's a mom. <laughs> right? so, look,
1: I, have g- I have gators all around. I live like nestled in
0: between. Alligator Alley. <laughs> <laughs> there well, I'm is. not
1: too far away from Alligator Alley. I live yeah. right on the edge of a marina that is, I'm like surrounded by mm-hmm. all these inlets and I'm surrounded by those inlets that go into these lakes. I literally am in an, like a, a community nestled between like six lakes. It's called Lakes by the Bay. It's in Florida mm-hmm. and it's literally lakes <laughs> by the ocean. All the creatures live here. All of them. Lakes by
0: the ocean. Oh, the way. Cake by the ocean? No, i was.
1: I went I go for walks every day, and I see, like, my local six-foot gator sunbathing all the time.
0: Oh, yeah. And then
1: I have, like, another little one. I call him Jeremy. He likes to, like, hang out. He's the one that lives in my lake. He's a tiny guy. He's only about, like, four feet. And there's, like, two of them. So one's Jeremy. One's Jeremiah. Then the other one, Big Bertha. She's about six feet. I see them every day. And there's tons of them. And then if I go closer to the marina, we've got a 16 foot saltwater crocodile that she lives there sometimes. She's so big, like she'll come out and like, I'll be on my bike, on the bike path. And she will just be sprawled across the bike path. Like cross me, bitch.
0: <laughs> I, was gonna, I was gonna say, are you gonna be like Betty White in Lake Placid? and
1: <laughs> Dude. I am every day.
2: <laughs> I didn't and know that it was cropped so as well. I,
1: I literally almost, I like the first time I, I didn't know she ever got out of the water. Cause I've seen her in the, the bay and, and it's always a commotion. Cause then it's like, Oh shit, Godzilla's out. That's what I call <laughs> yes yeah. She's massive. And um, I'm just like used to seeing her just kind of moseying in the bay. But one day she was out literally on the bike path. And I'm just like, and she was right on a curve and I didn't even like, I didn't get the chance to see her till it was too late. And I like, I saw her, but she's like, like kind of like Crocs are a different color. So she's like a, like a light sandy color with black spots. And she kind of blended into the sidewalk. Like I didn't even notice her. Until she moved because she noticed me first. I was about to run over her face apparently. I thought she was just like a big, like, I don't know, like a log or debris or something. I was getting ready to kind of go around it. And then she did this walk, like moved. And I was like, that is a 16 foot saltwater crocodile. That almost like scared me off my bike. I would have fallen right in front of her face and it would have been game over. But that's just, Happens here, like you can't do shit to a saltwater croc. They're protected here. They're an endangered species. They know, like, like the cops. They can't. They're like you. Avoid that. Like that. There's more humans than saltwater crocs. So if she eats you, no one's gonna miss you. But we need her because she's trying to keep a population alive. We can't kill Godzilla. (laughs) She's the only breeding female. (laughs) She's like you. And every other girl in Florida is a breeding female. Get out of here. Like, this girl's eggs cost more than yours. Like, you can
2: fuck that off. I remember the one and only time I've been to Florida. I was 14. And my brother was two at the time. And our car broke down from, was it, Disneyland or World? Whatever one's in Florida. I get them mixed up. World, yeah. We were heading back to the hotel from there because we didn't stay near there. It was a good <laughs> little bit of drive from there and our car broke down and so we had to gather everything out of the car and walk to the hotel it was probably a couple couple three miles and there was this like little uh, like foresty area around right the side of the highway my dad's wanting to cut through there we're like uh-uh no because this is like pitch black night can't see nothing we, of course we don't have flashlights this is back in like the 90s. So, you know, we don't have like cell phones or anything. <laughs> but yeah, he's like, let's just take a shortcut through this wooded area. It's like, you realize where you're at? No, we're not going into a wooded no, area in the night. That. There could be an alligator. I didn't know there was Crocs down there. No, worse, be- than
1: worse than an alligator, you, you get bit by a freaking cottonmouth or a viper. Yeah. You
0: yeah. know,
1: like that's worse. Like. An alligator might take your limb, but that small little snake will take your life, you know, mm-hmm. no matter where it bites you. And so don't be walking through wooded areas in Florida.
2: Yeah, we walked alongside the highway and I did see a toad jump out into the highway and get smashed by a car. But that was the only wildlife that we saw knowingly. There could have been an animal right sitting there inside the, in the little, I'll call it a marsh, but yeah, little wooded area. That we never saw. We don't know.
1: <laughs> you see them off the side of the road all the time on the way up to Orlando. They're everywhere mm-hmm. in Orlando. Every resort that has a lake or anything, there's gators in those lakes on resort so
2: property. I walked right past one. Oh, for is. sure. <laughs>
1: for sure. They're everywhere. <laughs> I walk past them every day in my neighborhood. Like, And then over in, in yeah, definitely in Orlando, you definitely got all these gators out everywhere. But gators are like a little, they're they're timid you know like they're not gonna like charge you unless you get but that's another thing who knows if you walk in and pass like one of their nests and stuff like that they could get pretty aggro
2: yeah i in all places i went to missouri and they had a gator farm shockingly enough and they actually had a nest there and they had an area that it wouldn't fence off you could like legit like go like right up to basically where the nest was and they say don't go past a certain point because there's a nest there and I have a picture of me uh just like aimed right down in the water and there's a alligator right in the water and there's like no fence. I was was, like, yeah i legit was looking straight down and you see another picture of it like jumping up to get food or something i was like i was standing right where that person was that was feeding it there's no barricade there but yeah Yeah, that was near and if you ever heard of miramac caverns i have no idea if that farm is still there anymore but there was a gator farm shockingly enough like a mile down the road from miramac caverns missouri yeah we got a lot of those i live
1: about like 25 minutes to the Everglades. And, uh, yeah, we got tons of like old, like gator farms out there. There's the more than a gator farm. There's a trail called shark Valley in the glades. Right. Mm -hmm. And there are no sharks in shark Valley, but there are, and I stopped counting at like 56 gators. Mm -hmm. And that was only a quarter of the way when I was there on my bike again, another bike trail. They let you pedestrian, like you could walk through it. And just like I said, I saw Godzilla on the side of the trail. There's (laughs) literally like 30 crocs or, or gators, like sunbathing and just zero fucks about humans. Like they do not care. They just hang out there. People are like, you see tourists like, yay, with like 30 crocs. And then you'll see the moms with their broods of babies. And they'll, all of them will be hanging out on the mom, like just like on her back and her head and, and her snout and everything. Yep. I mean, it's cute, but then, you know, like every mom there is breeding and there's like a hundred nests. And there you are just casually on shark Valley, like taking your bike <laughs> down. Um, I definitely recommend it though. Like I'm like, if whenever I have friends coming in town from other places, And um, they've, like, never seen an alligator. I scare the shit out of them by taking them to Shark Valley. Like, scare the shit out of them. And I'm just like, oh, yeah, let's go. I'm sure you'll see, like, maybe see a gator.
0: If you're lucky, you might see hundred. I'm like,
1: or, like, a hundred. All breeding. Not scared of you whatsoever. We got an
0: alligator orgy going on, you know? It is.
1: It totally is. And it's it's crazy. It's like a fourteen mile loop, and um, it's just infested with gators. And they there's there's nothing guarding you from the sides of things. There's no pit or like giant depth between that. There's like no moat mm-hmm. between like a a stream or a river and the like. Literally, the river's right here. The bike trail is right along it. The gators <laughs> are just on the trail no no issue and then they have like um tram rides for people if they want to go on like a tram instead of doing like a a pedestrian or like people walk like they'll just walk that like on foot with like gators lining it so i'll tell my friends like yeah let's go to shark valley if you want to see maybe you'll see a gator like little (laughs) do they know like all they have to do is go in my backyard there's two of them and then you go to and then i take you to the everglades there's yeah. like a thousand, yeah.
0: like in a square foot. I'm sure. Um, have you been to the, the Mississuke Indian village at all?
1: 100%. Yeah. I live
0: really close to it. That's what I was saying. Since you said you were close, I assume you've been there. Yeah.
1: yeah. I used to go to the Miccosukee Casino for their uh, lobster and steak nights. And then at the little Miccosuke, um the, the, like the, it is, it is like a gift shop center or whatever, they had like this outdoor stage and all of like the, I guess like native kids loved metal, right, like they love metal music. And so they would have these little talent shows and all of the Mikasuki kids shred on the guitar and go and they'll have like metal nights there. And I used to go there all the time and watch all these, like, Miccosuke, uh people, like, in the tribe, like, they all play metal music. It was crazy. I mean, at least that's what I remembered. And I was, like, so I'm, like, a little metalhead, right? So I would go there and just flirt with all of the Miccosukee boys. <laughs> Facts. This is what I would do. Like, we're talking about Susan being raised in Florida. I was, like, Mom, I'm going to go to Miccosukee. And oh, I would, fun. like, <laughs> hang out with, you know, like – the Indian boys <laughs>
2: because for, that's what we
1: call them in Florida. They're Indians. They're not like, you know, they're not natives or, you know, like I choose not to use the term Indian, but um, they're like, yeah, the Indian, the Miccosukee yeah, Indian.
0: They're, well, they say Miccosukee Indian village. I mean, yeah. yeah. I'm
1: and I'm just like, I'm like, mom, I'm going to go hang out with the Indian boys. <laughs> I didn't tell her that. I was just like, mom, I'm going to a metal show. And she, If she knew I was going off of chrome on alligator alley all the way out to fucking make a she'd have my head <laughs> yeah. Yeah. but i did it anyways or like,
0: an alligator might get it who knows <laughs> but
1: i was like i was like god something about like like a, a like a metal an axe wheel like a guitar wielding like 14 year old metal boy with long hair oh my god <laughs> that was me <laughs>
2: Horror Collector Fiend has a question. What would you have liked to star in the Chucky TV series, Terrifier 2 or Megan? And then Chuck added the, to that, the Evil Dead series.
1: I thought the Evil Dead series was so much fun. I would have definitely loved to have been a part of that. Um, if I, And then close second would probably be Terrifier 2, only because I've worked with Dread and other features that they've done. Um, I know that they produced the Terrifier movies, and I was like, ah. I also super love practical effects and gore. Like, yeah. I would have loved to have had like a moment where I just like had like the worst murder scene, like the five minute
0: death scene that they had. Yes, I haven't seen it yet. Oh, okay, then I won't say anything. But, but I shall. <laughs> I will
1: watch it. I may. I might actually watch it tonight. I it's on my queue. Uh, And, of course, I love Blumhouse films, so Megan's awesome. I mean, I would probably get paid more as an actress if I went into Blumhouse film than a Dread film. It's
2: doing really well, what I've seen. I've seen articles saying that it's doing really well at the theater. I do want to see it, but I'll have to wait till I'm streaming somewhere to see it. I I
1: definitely um, really love the route that Blumhouse is going with its features. Um, The fact that they are... They're becoming like a leader in like inclusivity in the horror film, in the horror genre. And it's crazy because we don't even have to say horror genre. Like in film in general, the inclusivity that they're bringing into their films is like, it's, it's, uh, it's incredible. It's definitely something that I'd like to see more of in other productions, you know? But it seems like Blumhouse is the one that's really taking the cake, you know, giving um, opportunities for, to actors and directors, people of color, different identity, gender identities, um, you know, different uh, orientations like are all being reflected in Blumhouse films. And so I really want to like just highlight that because like they're coming out with movies um, about like so many they're about Jewish mysticism, about, like, Indian culture, um, black voices, you know, black horror. Like, we never had that until Blumhouse. And so kudos for them, you know what I mean? Like, bringing all that to, like, the horror genre. The fact that it's, like, that's another reason why I love the horror genre, because they're the first genre that's going to be inclusive to anyone. You know what I mean? Like. And then you see that at at the conventions too. You go to any of the horror conventions, huge families of all types of people from all types of backgrounds, just all having a good time coming together over the love for the special effects, practical effects, you know, and just having a good time. Right.
2: Yeah. For the most part, it's probably the more welcoming of like genres of um, fan bases.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And so I'm, I'm like, I'm a big fan. Like, that's another reason why I love horror too. It's just, it's not about the movies. It's also all the people yeah. you know, that are like the fan base is like the most supportive fan base out there. You know, like I could do a super, I mean, I've never done a large budget movie, but like, I, like they'll watch your budget film and they'll watch your Marvel film. You know what I mean? Like they're mm-hmm. going to watch, every like it doesn't have to be a blockbuster film for them to enjoy it and that's another thing so they support independent features more than any other genre as well yeah so um that's something else that i really love about the horror genre too it's like um they're they're just like the warmest,
2: coolest people
1: and the weirdest, but in like
2: the best way. The best way. <laughs> exactly. Yep. And Chuck has another question. I don't know if you know this or not, but did Alice Cooper really get his name from using an Ouija board? I don't know. <laughs> I thought that was interesting because I've never heard that, but I'm not like super like big into music. So me not knowing that was not surprising. But
1: I know Alice Cooper is big into the paranormal. Yeah. And um Uh, I had the opportunity to like work with his daughter on an investigation. One of the dark zone investigations that I did, I brought Calico, his daughter, out to investigate the Queen Mary. Um, She's in a band called Bisto Blanco. And so Calico and the rest of her band came and I did an investigation with Bisto Blanco on the Queen Mary, it was a lot of fun. But I met her at a music awards ceremony that I was working the red carpet for, because. I work in music sometimes too. And she had recognized me. She's like, me and your my me and my dad watch ghost hunters all the time. And she's like, I can't believe Susan Slaughter is here right now. And I was like, what do you mean? I can't believe Alice Cooper and Calico Cooper watch me. Like this was crazy. So I know that they like the paranormal. <clears throat> I don't know how Alice Cooper got the name though. So I, that would be a cool reason. Right. About- for that i like that and, and you know what i wouldn't put it past him to make that a band name
2: hmm. yeah that would be pretty awesome but since we we're kind of talking about different things uh, getting back to the movies a little bit i know you worked on at least one movie um the dawn that had to do with exorcisms did i know was, uh, some stories with other movies that deal with the same thing that odd things happen on set Did anything weird or odd happen on set when you was doing The Dawn?
1: I personally didn't have... Well, I was in a studio set when I shot my stuff, which was during the exorcism scene. (laughs) Um, But I do believe that I spoke with Devaney Penn and Brandon Slagle. Brandon Slagle is the director and Devaney is the lead in it and um i believe they mentioned something about having strange occurrences happen when they were shooting on location which is where um the i guess like the whole movie takes place in like an abbey type setting or something like that i wasn't there on location i just did the studio stuff so i was like at a studio in burbank when i shot my scene (laughs) um so i didn't have like any strange things happening um but that's something you might have to ask devony <laughs> if you ever get her on the show i, t- I told steven that he should definitely get devony pinned on
0: um, yep i'll look her up and see so
2: <laughs> yeah i was just curious because i know at least one movie that you've done had to do with exorcism and i've you know we've heard of stories of other movies dealing with that and usually i don't think if it matters if it's on location or set but yeah. it could be the way. I don't know. But I usually hear about a bunch of strange occurrences happening.
1: I did do another. I mean, not that it had anything, but it was supernatural in nature. I did Ouija house.
2: Yeah. Hey,
0: whenever we talk about a Ouija, that's when she freezes.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yes, that is true. That is true. <laughs> oh, there's two of them. There's the two front, of me the, now. The one.
0: Here, I'll remove that one. But that's kind of funny that's weird Uh, we were just saying it's your doppelganger there we go okay what
1: happened i know i was like i was saying i did work on another supernatural themed film which was called ouija house anytime Um,
0: you mention a ouija that's when you freeze up (laughs) anyway go i know
1: it is the board behind me it's got to be something going on with it i mean i do this is the board i use for my seances so
0: Uh, when you're done answering the, the Ouija question, uh, mentioned about maybe some messages coming through, but go ahead and talk. Yeah, about no, that. I was just saying that
1: was another supernatural film, but I don't know if anything happened mm-hmm. on it. You know, I played I played a witch in that one, um, a baby sacrificing witch. I had to work with an actual baby, oh. which was the cutest baby I've ever seen, and I was like, mm-hmm. it was really hard not to be googling over her. Right,
0: like, like I don't want to kill you.
1: I know she was so, and her parents were so trusting of me I was like are you sure you trust me to hold your baby this long and walk over treacherous stuff with her she was literally only about like like three weeks old it was crazy she's like a newborn yeah the trust that they put in me but I proved trustworthy yes what was the questions I can't see them so um says, is there
2: anywhere in the world that w- you would want to investigate like your epic bucket list locations
1: there are um these recently asked well they're not I'm, I'm like brain farting on the name but there's an uh i'm trying to remember in which country it was so there's these uh pyramids it's like there's a pyramid of the sun and the pyramid of the dragon and the pyramid of there's somewhere like in the f- like east like m- like kind not like middle east where is it i want to i want to say they're in turkey but i might be wrong i forget i gotta look it up but i was just uh recently i was like thinking how cool would it be if i could investigate those pyramids i um what else i want to investigate that would probably be like, I mean, I've investigated all my bucket list spots. The only place, uh like, because it's hard to. The board, not, that's what we clear. think I don't too. Know. Okay,
0: again. <laughs> I moved, I moved away from
1: the Ouija board. <laughs> uh,
0: you're like, that's it, don't no worry, Ouija. <laughs> it's
1: not, it's just not happening right now. The freaking Ouija board's like. Not happy,
2: <laughs> CJ. Something somewhere thinks she knows too much. Exactly. Oh my gosh, uh, it's true. The Ouija board, <laughs> the horror collector fiend, and Alexandra said it's the board, so we're all collective on this. <laughs> Probably
1: is. I just moved to my living room. I'm like, not happening out there, <laughs> but um yeah, you know, I have my uh. That's my uh that red light's my snake's enclosure. Oh nice. <laughs> Just if you see it, it's a kind of like what's that gloomy little light <laughs> in the
0: corner? So yeah, the, the night sorry, light. Sorry, sorry to bring up the O word, but uh any interesting messages that you've gotten through to anybody while uh, using it that you can I mean recall? the
1: messages I usually get are very like shorthanded like names of you know individuals coming through um they're usually like they're usually names and they're usually saying like i'm okay or you know are you happy i i use well for the seances to connect with people's um whatever energies they want to connect with it's usually people that they love that i've passed on so yeah mostly names i've i've con- connected with um there is this one weird Ouija phenomenon that happens a lot um, that people are, get weirded out when it happens and they get the Zozo, which is like Z-O-Z-O-Z-O-Z-O-Z-O. People think it's like some sort of like Ouija demon. Um, I've gotten the Zozos before, but never on my board. Knock on wood. Um, <laughs> My board has always given me, like, concise answers, you know? So she's she's good. Whenever I use other people's boards, that's always like, oh, we're getting the zozos again. And they think it's, like, some sort of non-human energy. It's, like, a demonic entity that comes out of the Ouija board. But um, I'm always, like, open to whatever comes through, you know? I'm like, bring it in like I'm down. So I never get, um, weirded out by the Zozos, but that's like the weirdest thing I think is that like, it's, it's kind of a phenomenon that happens with a lot of people who use Ouija's, you know, like we're spirit boards. So they'll just get ZO, 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 Sometimes you'll find that happening. You don't even tell people about Zozo and it just happens on the board. Right. And they're just like, why is ZO, ZO, ZO happening? And I'm like, it's
2: the Zozos again, like playing the exorcist for that one because I think that's the name of the spirit in that one. if I remember correctly, is it? I, I want to say it is, or they have something to do with Zozo, I'm pretty sure. Unless I'm well, mixing maybe out it's out movies. like a
1: collective energy of fear from the exorcist movies that are getting challenged, it's,
2: it's just getting picked yeah. up. I want to say it's exorcist, it might be another paranormal movie, but I remember there being a Zozo in some movie. Let me. Oh. Well, there was a Zool in Ghostbusters. <laughs> right.
1: A Z-U-U-L. <laughs> uh, there Uh-oh.
0: was one time, um, I don't even know what happened to that Ouija board, but I remember one time, uh, in DeBerry was using it with my mom and um, said, is there any spirits around? It waited, and it moved to yes. And then I go, how did you pass if you want to share? And it took a minute, but all of a sudden it spelled out, it, and it didn't answer after anything else, but it spelled out wolf. I'm like, whoa. Like I was like, were you a tat? and nothing, no reply after that? It was just yes and wolf. <laughs> so oh, I, that's well. I sometimes it's
1: a thing, it's hard to decipher, you know. And then um it sometimes I have to use other things other than the Ouija board. I use like a scrying, like mm-hmm. pendulum you know, situation. So that way I can get better readings using that, you know, like to continue the communication doesn't have to be with a planchette on a spirit board. So sometimes you get something spelled out, and then you have to use other mediums. Um, So usually on my seances, like I use a little bit of like a pendulum with a scrying board, I use the Ouija board with the planchette. Um, And then I'll do like my channeled messages and things like that, which I <clears throat> go into like a hypnotic state and then I start hearing things, um, mm. and relaying messages, but, uh, I try not to give too much away because I have a big seance coming up and I like, I'd rather give it to the people when they experience it in person, mm. you know, I don't want to like spell it out too much, but I do have like a couple of things I like to do with my seances that I think are really unique and help like lift the veil and mm-hmm. increase people's psychic perspectives, you know.
2: Mm-hmm. So I did a quick Google and I was off a little bit. It was Pazuzu. So I probably heard oh, the Pazuzu. Zuzu. Is yeah, that P A Z U Z U. Yeah. So, so I probably like maybe heard it as Zozo or something. Like I don't know. Filth
1: or like K like whatever. But there's a guy also that called himself Pazuzu. I don't know if you saw the documentary on that dude. He is nuts
0: no i haven't seen that oh uh, look it up he's go. like
1: this guy who like literally lives in shit and filth and he like had a whole group of friends come over all the time they're always like high and partying and they'll like take shits in his living room and they like he <laughs> believed that he was like the demon of filth or something and he called himself pazuzu wow. anyways there's a documentary about it.
0: I have to look that up. No. Yeah, that's weird. I haven't heard that. So look at yeah.
1: documentary on Pazuzu. <laughs>
0: okay. Yeah. Pazuzu. So he took a pazoo around his house then. <laughs> huh.
1: Yeah, a lot of them. And never cleaned them up. And his friends would come and do it too and puke and piss and shit in his house. Yuck.
2: <laughs> that's gross.
1: Not cool right and then he also murdered some of his friends that's really what the documentary
2: is about oh wow <laughs> just, yeah he's like an awful person there his was no signs smelled... <laughs> imagine yeah. people be like the other serial code a documentary yeah. there was no signs there was something wrong with him no he looks like a total freak huh? like right,
1: if you look at a... pictures of pazuzu like google up like pazuzu he's like
2: a
0: total creep i imagine <laughs> um booms
2: google some interesting things <laughs> that we can check. i'm surprised i'm not on a list yet because some you know because i make all the thumbnails and so i'll try like look up a movie and sometimes the title will be a little odd so i'll be looking up but i forget what it was it was something about killing somebody or something i don't remember it was some weird title that i didn't think about it when i typed in Google to try <laughs> to find the picture of the movie to put on the thumbnail. So I was like, oh god, I just Google this. I swear to God, told my husband, I was like, we gotta be on a list. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) this one. Sorry, I didn't hear you This
0: one over here. (laughs) So um since you said you had some seances coming up or appearances or anything you want to share where uh anyone might be able to find you.
1: Oh yeah, so I'm gonna be doing a big event in Los Angeles um in February. Um, the 10th through the 14th, I'll be at conscious life expo. Um, that's going to be at the LAX Hilton. It's a expo about all things like, um, Ascension spirituality, um, like extraterrestrials. Like it's kind of like, I wouldn't call it, it's not like a paranormal convention. It's more like a, lifestyle and enlightenment convention and i'm kind of like the dark child of conscious life i go in there with my seance but that the way i conduct my seance is a little bit um unique in the way that i do incorporate a lot of like metaphysical elements to it you know so it's not your run of a mill like victorian era seance i mean there's a lot of that in it too but you know i do utilize a lot of metaphysical aspects as well so Conscious Life knows me as that type of witch. And so um, it was. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. You know, I'm doing three seances there. And I'm also hosting or moderating a panel on divination and witchcraft with a few authors that I love and respect. Um, and so, yeah, I'm very excited. I'm also going to be doing um, an interview with George Norrie on Coast to Coast, January 19th which I'm excited. And I get like into these big heady conversations, you know, about spirituality, um, true consciousness, things like that, psychic ability. Um, and yeah, so if you are in Los Angeles or California and you want to check out the seance, definitely go check out conscious life expo. Um, I believe on Friday I'm doing the panel on divination and witchcraft and then Saturday, um, actually thursday i'm doing the panel and then friday saturday sunday i'm doing the seances so um it's pretty jam-packed you know like a schedule out there um but yeah it's really cool if you're like into um if you ever watch like a gaia television you know it's like a, a consciousness app and like there's a lot of great content there um it's a lot of the people that you've seen in Gaia world and also in like ancient aliens and stuff like that. Um, and then I come in as, um, a spokesperson on behalf of like the occult and witchcraft. And so, um, that's why I'll be featuring my seances there. So I'm very excited about that. And so, um, yeah, I'm flying out to LA in February I got all of my seance stuff together. I'm very excited for that. And um, yeah. And Mm -hmm. I also have a movie um, that I shot in Chicago not that long ago called Weekend Dead Away. I think will be coming out this year. Nice. So it's a slasher flick. I'm very excited about it too. Um, But I'm not exactly sure on what the release date of that is. But uh, definitely go and find weekend dead away online like facebook and instagram give it a follow um and you'll get all your updates on social media there and yeah when that movie comes out i'll be stoked to talk about it too
0: nice So yeah, maybe once it comes out, and you're always welcome back too, and we'll talk about that later. And I'm sure we could talk about other stuff for hours too. It's already been over two hours that you've been. I know, on, so- Ooh, My maybe I'm enjoying it. No it, warning,
1: it's like twenty percent. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so uh, I did have uh, someone uh, ask me earlier. Um, do you have like maybe a store or anything? If someone wanted an autograph, or only in person, or do you any- do anything well, like that?
1: Well, I, you, I, so. This year I was actually going to make it more accessible to like, send out like autographs and headshots and things like that. Um, but I don't know if people have noticed, but my account got, um, not hacked, so to speak, because somebody came online pretending to be me and going and offering services to all of my followers on oh, Instagram. Gosh. And so, um, I was about to launch something, um to do things along those lines but i kind of have to wait for this account to like fizzle out and like block them and and give some time because this person went around saying like hey it's me susan slaughter i would love to give you readings like what like i could do this for you and that for you and like try soliciting like all this stuff and so initially i was going to start doing that and then um i even set up like um an account like a payment account and everything i just couldn't do it because this person like hacked my identity you know and i was like oh i gotta let this kind of like this account got two thousand followers and and like hustled some people that you know i know like into like paying this fake account for readings they never got Mm -hmm. and um i would never do that by the way like um i i would I'm setting up like a professional way to reach out and do that. I'm also going to be doing a little like heads up anybody in the UK. um, I'm working on going out there to London, doing a meet and greet signing seance and investigation out there, like a ghost tour ghost hunt type thing, not a real investment, like a ghost hunt ghost tour seance and signing. So if there's anybody um, located in or around London, I'll be there. Um, To meet and greet all my friends and fans in the UK because I have a huge following there and I've never been um, Mm -hmm. outside of work, you know, so I'm like looking forward to like touching base over there across the pond. So if you're all out there, I'll be there late April, early May for an event. Um, I don't want to give too much away yet, but it's a collaboration event with somebody else. And so that's
0: in the works. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and hopefully we'll maybe get you in a couple conventions here in Florida too.
1: That's what I'm saying. Maybe I can. I would love to do any of the like the like the one you said in Ocala or mm. I I mean, now that I'm here, I mean, I I was exclusively doing things in California and Las Vegas. And now that I'm in Florida, mm. I feel like I need to do things here. I mean, Wednesday. there
0: there's there's MegaCon, Spooky Empire, of course, um, Dragon um what is in Jacksonville? Also, they have like collective con, um, I'm trying to think what else I have to look, what else in Florida, but there's a few different ones that could be good. I'm down
1: to do them all.
0: <laughs> so yeah. Wow. So hey, he's definitely got, got more than what I we have. I
1: bring <laughs> the headshots with me and I do signings and take pictures and meet everyone. So mm-hmm. a lot of times what I do is like get together and like, let people know, like, um at conventions i'll be like hey like come meet me at this bar and then i'll just have like a full-on hang with everyone outside Mm -hmm. of the convention that's
0: always the best part too just hanging out just having a good time exactly
1: exactly you know because i like to make myself accessible and like get to know people and rub elbows and hang out and give hugs you know like Mm -hmm. i love all that so um i just been like such a like since i moved here i work from home like i've been so busy in my home studio shooting paranormal con camera I did weekend dead away. Now I'm getting ready
2: for this event. It's just. Uh oh. <laughs> uh oh. <laughs> now I forget who it was, but somebody said in the chat that we. Now it's the snake. The snake. <laughs> I didn't catch the snake's oh. name. I don't know if she said it, but it's now the snake's fault. <laughs> uh, since we cannot. Know- hopefully her battery
0: didn't die. Well, she said she's twenty percent so no it, she's not the
2: battery it's a snake so yeah, she's back. <laughs> back somebody said earlier in the chat if it, oh it was horror collector fiend said, said uh if it died again it's your snake's fault
1: <laughs> uh, she's shit. the sweetest and the goodest girl ever so it's definitely not her fault if any pet here had to like off me oh <laughs>
2: Whoopsie! <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny.
0: It freezes at the funniest point.
2: <laughs> <clears throat> Just when we found out the evil pet. I know we were about to find out the. And evil then
1: pet. I come back and like covered in blood. And my cat's all like smiling
2: at you. <laughs> i was like we was just about ready to find out who the evil bit was <coughs> i know you would
1: come up it's like
0: the murderer is no Take my next <laughs> bit, folks
1: no it's actually um my router there's i'm having an issue with my internet right now that's mm-hmm. what it is i'm like literally sitting right next to my router and the little light is showing me like it's like not in the best connection right now so i think that's what's happening it's probably not,
2: not no, the no, spirits no. of the ouija board <laughs> the yeah. the
0: wifi.
2: <laughs> see it's, it's the so snake funny. trying to cover its tracks that's funny to me in the chats and somebody else said it's always cat. yes cats are demons mm-hmm. swear to god our cat is <laughs> uh-oh 10 10 guys sorry <laughs> okay yeah
0: i think um i guess that's pretty much it unless there's anything else you want to tell us or uh... well you
1: guys could definitely follow me on my instagram account that's where i'm most active i'm susan the dragon witch all one word um i always reply to everyone if you send me a dm i always try to get through my dms it might take me a while because i get a lot but i always go through my dms i'm always responding to y'all so if you want to say hi to me follow me on my instagram page susan the dragon witch um, and yeah, just, and I keep everyone up to date on like what I'll be doing and yeah, soon I'll be opening up, um, to like send out, um, you know, headshots and things like that. But unfortunately my identity got hacked, like on the social sphere
0: of the internet. People have no lives that they have to ruin and scam and pretend to be. Yo, I can't
1: believe this fake account got 2000 followers. I was like shocked. And I was like, I hope that like, imagine if they like swindled every one of those people for a dollar, they would have two G. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know what I mean. Like that's so messed up. Like, I mean, it's more than I get paid anyway like, to do <laughs> <laughs> some of the projects that I do. They make more money
0: than me, and not even honestly.
1: <laughs> I'm like, oh my gosh! Sometimes I do things for the love of it, you know. Yeah. <laughs> not for the price tag.
2: <laughs> right well imagine like what ours thing is well obviously we we don't have enough subs to get paid through like ad revenue on youtube but then i go and i edit them and then i put it on spotify apple podcast except find podcasts here places and I put it on one app and it spreads it out yeah i like can into my microphone we get a penny per play <laughs> Girl, don't I uh, spend I think, it all in
1: one place.
2: <laughs> right. We're up to like two dollars and something. Yes. Because <laughs> I only put one ad per thing because you know it's the same ad. They don't want to listen to that same ad repeatedly. So yeah. it's just me talking about the anchor app that puts it out yeah. everywhere. So I put one if I'd get more if I put more ads, but I'm not gonna put the same exact ad. That's just annoying. Yeah. No. I'm not gonna listen.
1: Man, well, you know, it's you do it because you love it, right? And oh, as right. long as you love it, that's all that matters.
0: Yeah, right. <laughs> so, but
1: I appreciate y'all having me on. And, like, I enjoy having the chat with you guys. And, you know, keep me posted on any of the cons happening out here in Florida.
0: Will do, yeah. You um, going to just go and
1: check them out. I don't even have to be a part of them. I mean, I'd like to be a part of them. I But no, they're so
0: fun. To yeah. panels and, oh, like, yeah. do all the
1: stuff. But, um, but yeah, I, I, I definitely want to get out there more. So well,
0: either guest welcome. or attendee, whichever, but yeah, exactly. All right. Well, thanks again. And you have a great night and week. Thank and you we'll guys.
2: It was nice to meet you, boo. Yeah, it was nice to you. I just, I followed you on Instagram and I put your Instagram link into the chat for the people. Oh, who do thank not you have have it. so much. And uh <laughs>
1: Steven, you have a wonderful night. It was always a pleasure chatting yep. with you. I'm sure I'll bump into you soon.
0: Absolutely. All right. Yeah. Have a
1: good night, everyone. Thanks for the chat.
0: <laughs> All right. Bye. 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 <laughs>